do two really yeah, nice. Um, right, recording test uh, all time Irish 11 all time Irish 11 Irwin yes. McGrath Morn Staunton Brady Giles Keane Aldridge Robbie Keane Duff what a fucking team that is. Uh, <laughs> only one Englishman in that Aldridge Johnny Aldridge yeah, yeah. Scouser didn't he I had Brady in there didn't I Brady Keane Giles. That's no, that, you've gone up full Irish there. I'm having the rest of that. That's a great midfield. Yeah. It's a good midfield. There as well. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see Brady play live, but the, everyone like you ask yeah. about him says he was mega. Johnny Giles the same. That was that was that kind of Leeds midfield with Bremner and Norman Hunter, um, and obviously Keno. Who uh, would you say? Would you say he's the best you've produced like modern player? Athlete. Yeah. My God, you got some. Hello. Testing. Is that what you're going to be? Yeah, I'll be. Like right yeah, no, I'll be floating around there. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Does it sound good, yeah? You speak what about there? me? Yeah, am I all right? Do you need me in or am I all right here? Or? Can you hear him? Yeah. Where's best here or in? Good, yeah? Yeah, they're very good, aren't they? Um, what make are they? They weave like the fucking music mics. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we were the we were the same. We 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 we're like climbing without ropes as well. We're like, what the fuck's going on here? You're you're further, way further advanced than us. Yeah, Speaking but our, not not equipment wise. We've kind of hidden from the. Uh... You going retro? Yeah, but we're kind of overdoing the retro shit now. <laughs> it sounds good anyway. Yeah, sounds good. So we have the sound all down then, yeah. Go Everything's good. Now right? now I think. So we'll just leave, we'll just we'll just have, we'll just have verbal sex in here, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Cheers, lads. Appreciate you. Yeah, we're going now. All right. Good. Stay out of X in the city up there, really. Is that still there? <laughs> yeah. This is it's all like little part of town. I haven't haven't been out. Seeing a bit now. So yeah, you can see we're just trying to build our little little space. The lads have been doing like an independent music music uh, station from Liverpool. So podcasting or social media influencing it looks like now, mate, for the for the foreseeable. All right, we begin. Let's crack on, yeah. Episode one hundred and seventy-two of the Michael Anthony Show, and today we're with um, former England international. Just wait till they fuck off. You want about the English there or? <laughs> Yes, we're with Joey Barton today. Um, obviously, the listeners um, know a huge amount about Joe. And for the kind of uh, American listeners or that kind of female clientele that I'm trying to um, befriend and hopefully get into a relationship with down the line, he's a former England international footballer, also known as soccer, who's known for his personality as much as, would you say, your footballing career? Yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah. Just interestingly enough, I remember you said years ago that Lampard and Gerrard were obviously going to start ahead of you, but there was no excuse for Genus, Barry. You also mentioned Michael Carrick in that. So obviously as a United fan who watched Michael Carrick win five leagues. Uh, I can't remember um, directly being quoted as that, but it's obviously... In it's in the book. Yeah, I mean, 
in terms of it depends what system is played. Obviously, I, th- I think you know I think Michael Carrick was a fantastic midfielder, and in, in the kind of three man systems that started to slide in, I think it suited them. Um, in the early part of, of of my career, when it was a lot more four four twos, and it was a, a kind of straight shootout in midfield. Um, I'd fancy my chances of being able to run Michael into the ground. I mean, <clears throat> Mourinho coming to the Premier League and um, bringing Claude Mahaleli to give obviously Frank Lampard that freedom yeah. to, uh, you know, got got a lot more out of Frank than, as I say, um, some managers certainly with, with England. You know, they, they play Paul Scholes left midfield or whatever to play in that four four two. Gareth. Barry, when I was in the 21s and Jermaine Jenis, when I was in the 21s, Gareth's a little bit older than me. Jermaine's, I think, the same school year as me. Um, Mano, Mano, yeah, absolutely no problem with them. And I think they both were really good players. But but then I played with Jermaine again <clears throat> later in my career at QPR. And obviously injury had taken its toll on him. But I always look at, like a boxer's career is, is not judged on one big fight. I think it's judged on 10 years, 12 years, wherever work. Obviously, there is some people who have one big fight or two big fights or one big season or two big seasons. But if you look up someone's body of work in terms of playing in the Premier League, central midfield, um, which is a a tough position, probably the toughest physically. Um, speed it's played at, speed of thought. Obviously, you control a lot of the positions. A lot of us are captains. Um you know that people don't understand how 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 good it, how good you have to be to play that level, especially when you're like five foot ten like me and 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 seventy eight kilos, and you're playing against Patrick Vieira who's like six foot four and maybe ninety five kilos, ninety four kilos. What's so interesting about sport is as well is that it's actually like a canvas of how life works that we all get to judge people because they're actually competing, even though every human being is kind of doing that. It's not public and it's not scored. So you can see the influences of things like childhood or upbringing based off how your career actually went and your need to survive and fight and make sure that you were never kind of second best to anyone probably produced inversely some of the self-sabotage that occurred oh, sure, as opposed yeah. to Frank Lampard sitting there, Bobby Moore coming around going to her to score two today. Yeah, well, imagine I, I, the difference again, in that though, two ten-year-olds. But again, like I think you know, this is the argument of nature and nature, isn't it? And obviously, you know, survival of the fittest, as it was dressed up, kind of. If you if you believe in Charles Darwin and yeah, but you know, we all know it's it's slightly different. Maybe it's survival of the most adaptable. Um, and and growing up where you grow up, you know, the, the, no one knows what you're going to do. You've got to make it through. And I would imagine there'll be there'll be parts of your country. Um, with with a kind of similar time, you know, I grew up in the early part of the eighties. Obviously, I can't remember most of it, but you've got kind of Toxteth riots in Liverpool. The back end when I'm seven, Hillsborough happens. So, and and I grew up in a really underprivileged part. I'm not making an excuse for it, but part of of Liverpool, which is Knowsley, which is so got... you were seven and eighty nine. Well, <laughs> what was it like when the FA Cup final, the Merseyside derby, happened? When the two teams were in the final that year. So so. So our street, you, the, the the road was closed off and people would come out in the street and they'd bring all their kitchen furniture at the time. Everyone had like a table, maybe this bit more than this. Everyone would bring the tables out, all the old women and all the families and put all the tables in the middle of the road and they'd be bunting on each family's house of Everton and Liverpool because everybody, there was no other team. It was red yeah. or blue and you'd have all the newspaper stuff stuck in the window and 
um, tin foil trophies or whatever. So I can remember that. You don't see that now. You see the odd house and obviously people... But might. was there a sense of unity in 89 because Hillsborough happened between the two clubs? Do you know, as I say, I'm seven. I can remember getting the pink echo, which was like the after, afternoon edition of, of the Liverpool echo when it had the football scores in. And it was famously, you know, have the toffee lady holding up something or dancing or sad or... And the same with the Copite. Um, and you had all of the, the, the afternoon scores in. And I remember, obviously, going, getting sent to the shop by my grandmother to the bridgey around the corner and running around to pick up the pink echo because it a news announcement to come on the BBC that obviously something had gone wrong at the semi-final because if you remember Everton were playing at Villa Park Everton were playing at Villa yeah. Park in the other semi-final and, and as I say I was out playing football in the street and got beckoned in to go to the shop and get the paper so I didn't know what had happened but obviously I'd never been shouted in to, to do that so you, you're aware of something and then obviously the, the aftermath of that seeing kind of the, the, the devastation that settled on the city like there was there was a couple of people on at the top of our road, who, who, like a dad and a son who, who lost lives. And obviously, like, like there wasn't Liverpool such an incestuous city. Um, you know, it touched the very fabric of, of everybody. And then, you know, the aftermath of that obviously set the city on a on a different course. But also, don't forget, you know, Thatcher's government. The, the, Liverpool's always kind of had that anti-establishment kind of feel. That's why Liverpool is such a good football club. That sense of community and that home leg that can just never be created by a London club. Like living in London and even coming here the odd time or to Manchester, it's just the the taxi driver just calling you mates or walking into the lobby of the hotel and she's just greeting you with a how are you love in comparison to just getting blanked and getting handed a fucking thing to sign about an email. There's a sense of love here. This is the thing is, you know, in some of the big cities... There's a lot going on during the during the week. That you know, there's not just like you know when I played in Newcastle, the the week revolves around getting to the match on a Saturday. That's like church for the for the Geordie nation, and obviously the results can set the work and week ahead to come. You know, especially them you know uh, local derbies or you know Newcastle yeah. now riding high. There's not many sports that do that. In you know. Football, I think, is such an emotional game. Like Liverpool and Everton here, obviously Everton's not, had nowhere near the success of Liverpool, but Liverpool here, it, it, it's it's a religion for for the people. You know, the, Manchester United, I would imagine, is is, is the same. Obviously, um, and 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 that's what I think was lot was realised in COVID is how important. I know it's only a game; it's only a group of fellas running around chasing a bag of. Uh, pigskin or mm. air um, but there's something about it certainly in this country or on these on these shores or, or, or certainly in lots of countries around the world when we see World Cups and, and, and um, their own domestic championships it, it creates this um, kind of society um, that can that can do good it, it can really uplift the community via you know the, the the story of a rags to riches player, yeah. you know, or um, you know somebody overcoming like a, a really bad thing, you know, like testicular cancer, like the lad of Bournemouth, kind of David Brooks. We had a lad of Bristol Rovers, and Nick Anderton who had his career taken away at twenty five. How frustrating is it though to smell um, like and have that society grown up and see the furniture brought out and the tin foil trophies in the window, and then to play in a Premier League club, and you did catch the end of now what is the rot of football and see guys who just don't give a fuck driving the Bentley and just view it as an out and out job. Is that where a lot of your kind of 
sometimes internal club problems came from. It was this want for people to understand what this means. Look, I, I, <clears throat> there's lots of things I've done in the past that I'm, I'm not fond of. And if you have a magic wand that we could go back and change them, certainly knowing what I know now, you, you'd do things differently. Would you do them differently or do they make you who you are? Well, well again, this is the thing, isn't it? When I was listening to you, I thought, he's oh, quite philosophical of, of, you know, fate and determinism. You know, was, is those shitty moments happening to you part of you becoming the best like so you know the, the best drug and alcohol counsellors I've ever found were reformed drug and alcoholics you know so the yeah. best life counsellors I would yeah. find are people who've struggled and had their ups and downs in life not these perfect people who've never made a mistake or have never struggled you remember though like when you do the, the crazy shit yeah. Do you remember them? Because I remember reading once you said that you're actually quite rational when you're angry. Well, it it depends though, doesn't when it? When Javier Alonso's in the corner and you're in front of the cop, is it how much? Is it is it your Evertonian that's going in on him? In front? No. Of, did you know he's in the cop? He's isolated. They love him. He's a silky footballer. <laughs> I'm going to do him because I'm an Evertonian. Is that what that fucking challenge is? No, and and this is why context is important. Like you know. The, the, Obviously, things happen in the heat of battle and you make quick decisions and sometimes those are stupid decisions. We all know I've got nine red cards. Yeah. Not straight red cards. I think I've only got three straight red cards. They've all been second yellows. I got one for famously for walking off and arguing with the referee, second yellow, uh, for aggressively walking towards him in a That was the top the game. That was the top Yeah, we came back and won four three, yeah, so yeah. it stopped me getting fined. Um, but, but the jabby incident, so I, I was, again, a lot of people... I, as rivalries kind of build, I, I was meant, or, or Liverpool were, were trying to get me to sign for them in terms of I met them, went round Melwood, done a bit early part Julia of the medical. Julier got sacked. Um, and they, uh, Rafa comes in, they sign Alonso, which is for me, I'm like, fair enough. Yeah. And then we just had a few battles in games and I, I, I remember getting sent off at Anfield. But if you'd played for Liverpool with Gerrard, you probably would have had 20 England caps. Oh, look, look, I think whoever plays yeah, next is Stevie Gerrard benefits. And the media would have loved the fact you're both from... Yeah, I'm, I'm, again, look, he's a phenomenal player. Whoever so plays the decision to, to do Alonso that. No, no, no. So what happens is we, we played in an earlier game. Um, you know, bear in mind, Jabby was a fantastic player at Liverpool for a long time. Obviously, I, I think when he initially came, he didn't maybe get the sparkling um, plaw that's built on his legacy, Real Madrid, etc. It looks like he's going to be one of the, the next generation of elite-level coaches. Yeah. Look, looks fantastic. And clearly a fantastic player and, and a great range, but obviously you could nullify him. You know, didn't have a great turn of pace. Was very one-footed. So I would be tasking games with shutting them down if we're going to have a chance of getting the results against Liverpool. I've got to get on top of Jabby and stop him dictating the orchestra. Especially you know Stevie Gerrard will be someone else's problem because I've got the legs of dealing with him. So to do that at the time you have to get away with what you can get away with physically. I probably wouldn't get away with it now with VAR if I'm honest, yeah. but. You know, the generation before got away with a lot more than us, and, and thankfully, you know, the rules have been tightened up. I would still like to see a bit of contact. I think it's a contact. But so there's more of an innocence than there is a malice than a lot of the media. Well, it's and just, just doing my job. Yeah, like you're not. The time of Bur you know, the Burnley challenge where you you, o you openly go over the ball and go into your mansion. You're in a yellow jersey. No, Burnley. Oh, Kyle, when yeah. I land on him, yeah, that I couldn't, I couldn't avoid him. So if I, if I would have tried to tear my ankle one way or the other, I could have rocked or done my ankle ligaments there. I actually never meant to stamp on him, but it was inevitable I was going to make contact with him. So my options were move my foot and maybe do my ankle and my knee or land on him and then get me balance. You know the season when you were actually like properly properly good? Uh, did you get seven league goals? Do you remember? No, do you remember? Do you remember the I don't know. Like I got seven league goals for City one yeah, year. Yeah, this season. Yeah, do you remember this that season? Yeah. All right. And um, there's, a, there's a game, and you're outside the box in the Etihad, and you hit it. It goes near post top corner, and it kind of 
it does that bend that starts inside, goes outside, like a glorious strike. When I watch professional footballers and you see that they have that in their locker and clearly grew up doing that in order to get scouted, you're a centre forward, you're scoring fucking 40 a season. Why can't you do it more often? I actually prefer, like, if, if I could have, I wasn't that good. Like, so obviously you catch, you catch the odd one, sweet. You know, but there was players who had fantastic long range. For me, my job was to get other people opportunities to score. So I had to do, and I didn't, I reveled. I actually really enjoyed doing the dirty work, putting the fires out, getting back in, trying to stop the opposition's best players because I wasn't the greatest player. Like, I, I was like, wow. Like, my first assignment, I always remember Kevin Keegan, first assignment I'm given is stopping Janino. Remember the Middlesbrough player, yeah. the little Brazilian fella? Oh, glory From player. playing. Like, just stop him playing. And when you get the ball, just give it to one of your teammates. So I'm like, perfect, I can do that. And then... By the time I'm 26, 27, obviously your games completely change, which is what confidence does and experience does. And we never quite know what players are capable of until they're in the big arena. Now, I'm fortunate. I, I knew I was like, I'm made for, for men's footy, big crowds, big stadiums. And when the going got tough, like I only played a, sh- a short period for England and you, and you do me a massive favour by saying England international, but I, I am one. Uh, albeit not for as many caps or as long as I would want to. Iniesta but but I know playing. I held me out. Iniesta was playing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was uh, at Old Trafford, which which you know would have been nice to be at Wembley. I liked when um, England used to tour the country. I think it made them more in touch with I, the actual I think they nation. Should. I think they should. I think every country should. I mean, it's obviously difficult if you're, having, if, if you're you know, a, a third world country or a country without or a fantastic... Yeah. You've still got some fantastic yeah. provincial stadiums, though. You know, your rugby's fantastic. Yeah, but the rugby's so. on Lansdowne Road. And then the other ones are like, you couldn't play in Toman Park and shit like that in an international football game. You could play Malta there, maybe. But you've still got, I mean, I know they don't like to play Kroger. the ones at Croke Park and they all that. They just don't yeah. do it. But you'll have a music concert there. Is it? Is it the sanctimony of it being a, a, a Gaelic It's because stadium? the English drove in and emptied the fucking uh, tanks on the crowd on Bloody Sunday. All right, so you know I'm bipartisan here in terms of I'm a scouser, so... I've during, the, uh, during the War of Independence, there was a retaliation by the English government in which they went into a live GAA game and opened fire on the crowd. That's why when the Six Nations game was played in 07 in Crow Park, it was such a big deal. So that's why I always found weird when I went to the House of Parliament and you see Cromwell there, and I'm like... So I was in Bristol, and obviously the cult... The, the statue was pulled down and thrown in the harbour, so it kind of felt like I was at the epicentre yep. of the rebellion. But then Cromwell and, and, and the British, is, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of weird relationship. This is just my, and, and I'm, look, I'm second generation Irish, you know, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in terms of family. I'm not, I wouldn't class myself as Irish, but if, if when England didn't make the World Cup in 1994, I was supporting Jackie Charlton and the boys. But you know the thing about, like, you have the Blackburn kids and they're white in 1914 and we're kind of celebrating the fact that was the tweet kind of celebrating the fact that it isn't people praying? No, in I'm Eagle just Park. like, look how quickly things can change if 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 we go to war, populations are eradicated. Well, we're seeing that in Gaza. For me, I've been tweeting a lot about because it's trying to give people context. I think it's very, very important. History is remembered for the good, the bad. What's your take on the Gaza situation? Well, any lost life is horrendous, but but then I'm not in. You know, it's a genocide. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's. It, I mean, when when you use that level of military firepower on on civilian population, you know, suffering creates strength in a way. So if you actually look at it, great bands, great footballers who have the ability to make eighty grand a week, 
rugby players who are kind of more middle class or cricketers don't have that opportunity. Suffering gives you such an ability to cope with the pain of the world that you can bypass capitalism and begin to win and have power down the line. And what the case is with the Jews is that they were the slaves from the Romans and they were fucked out and then they were sent to Europe in which they weren't allowed to own land so they couldn't farm so they'd get into finance and street selling. So then they developed the banking system. So they just kind of used intelligence and therefore developed the power to run America and then organize to send people to a certain place and kick other people out when they were getting fucking fucked out of Europe. So all they were was just first to the education or first to a certain style of pain. So the Jews used that exclusion from agriculture to create their own world that involved reading and arithmetic and the legal system to bully and murder themselves back into another zone. And because they were so mistreated, they do kind of view Arabs as subhuman. Because that's the way human beings have to be. But this is hurt the people, thing, isn't it? So, so again, yeah, I get that. But, but then there, there is also people who come along and break the cycle. The difficulty lies in, um, firstly, you know, I, I struggle with anybody who says, my God says this or my God, so and this is the way it's going to be. I'm like, well, unfortunately, when you make an extraordinary claim like that, as the great Christopher Hitchens, et cetera, would say, you need extraordinary evidence. And at this point in time, that hasn't come to the fore. So... Unfortunately, I'm a man of science and rationale and data. And look, I have 41 years on the planet and I think I've got enough of an IQ to make my own decisions based on information at hand. So anybody claiming their God is superior in one way or another to another God I'm struggling with. Now, I'm not saying there's no God. I'm not smart enough. But to there probably isn't. But what they're really saying is our cult but, but, is but better than your know. cult. We, we, These we religions aren't really... Like, if you could... Fucking go deeply into the neurology of devout religious people. Half of them are still shitting themselves about death. They don't actually believe they're arriving at the gates of heaven. They put that but on again, for security. We're, we're presuming, aren't we? We're presuming. So but this is the thing. That it, it, our grannies didn't actually fucking think he was there. They just wanted to have the community of the other granny and meet her down at mass. They weren't certain because they feared death as much as everyone else. But again, we, we, we have to accept that the will of being people like that, but also the fact that there is something... So think when life, like life's like really hard, like when life's just shit, and you've got a job that you hate, and you know we're kind of at the early part of the kind of feudal system, you know the serfs, and you're just fucking. There's no way out, you know. I, where I'm, where I'm from, Nosley is all uh, Lord Derby's estate, and he was like supported kings in wars, and was given all this big land, and uh, as the slums were cleared in Liverpool, all the kind of people got moved out to these big uh, places. They were all you know, big hunting estates. Yeah. Um, and through the Industrial Revolution, obviously the schooling system, whatever, people have learned how to read and write. You know, the churches would control, certainly in this country and probably in your country, yeah. the, the Church of England after Henry VIII got yeah. his way. But before that, the churches would control the sermons on a Sunday where people who couldn't read, who were illiterate, would come and hear these uplifting stories about how their shit life could be yeah. traded in at the end if they were just put enough um, time and effort in to be you know, uh, do the right thing and not kill anyone and not revolt and, you know, take the shit, buddy, that you're getting every yeah. time and getting your wages and you're, you're living in a hovel. And again, I, I, I went back and read a, a bit of Orwell's uh, The Road to Wigan Pier just to see what the conditions were like for the working class. Because these these important landmarks in history, like I'm not a very, very clever person. I've just tried to educate myself and I've been lucky enough to make to make really good friendships with people who are really, really intelligent and go, have you thought about this? you thought about that? Or acting like a bit of a cunt there, which I'm getting a lot of at the minute. Um, but I, I believe that we've all got to stand for something at some point. And 
I've I've been fortunate enough to to play football and meet people from all over the world. I've played with Chinese players. I've played with South Americans. You know the the Brazilians, Argentinians, Chileans, Peruvians. I've played with Americans. I've played with Germans. And there's good and bad in ev in in, in every um, group of people. Um, and when we're saying to people now, you must select a side. It's Ukraine or it's or it's Hamas. I'm like, what the fuck? Settle down. We need to make sure. Our island is is okay because it looks like there's a few mad things going on. What's the on our what's island? the woman's thing about the they can't commentate in the game? Like it's, it's a fair enough opinion, but it's very obvious why it's happening. So so I sometimes use t- Twitter because you've just you've got to use the tools for what they are, and they, they can be quite dangerous. Are you, are you joking? Are you having a bit of a laugh and advertising uh, yourself? It's like clo- clo- like I like humour quite close to the knuckle, like where it's like, oh, should you really say that? Come yeah, like, you like the excitement of, of humour. I, I, I just think that's what's important about comedy. It's the kind of stuff that you can't say, but we're all thinking it. Now, I'm not a Not comedian. even thinking it's right, but just thinking it just as a Just like, thought. oh, and then you go, oh, yeah, maybe I yeah, don't so agree with the way so you said taking, it. you're taking the piss of it. Well, I think we've got to. It's the only way we can have a serious conversation now. Is some of it is true and some of it is comedic, but there is the odd point where you're playing into their hands and making them seem like they're right, like, bitch. That yeah. can't be tweeted. Why? It has too much of a history of genuine misogyny. No, I'll, I'll I give you some I don't think bitch is that funny. Oh, come on. Just bitch. It's a bit minging. Yeah, I, I, I get that, look. But also, cunt. People don't like no, cunt. Cunt, no, right. cunt's different. Because cunt it can be... But it's contextual. So in terms of... It, it's the tone. It's the way it's said. It's the... For me, sometimes I like to say things that I know are going to fucking annoy people. Just to see how they react. Well, just so we can have a sensible conversation Bitch is kind words. of a stomach hitter. Imagine a sister or a mother getting the bitch. I oh, just, no. For yeah, me, yeah, bitch yeah, just yeah. is just... That's genuine. There's yeah, but, a lot of men out there calling their wife just... a fucking bitch. That's the immediate go-to who aren't joking. Yeah. Cunt's but, always a bit funny. You but, call anyone a cunt, anger or not angry, you have to be joking because it's so outrageous. Yeah, look, I, 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 can, I hear your point. So I'll, so I'll take that on board. I'll have a think about that. I, I'm struggling to concede any word because how I see words is... And, it, and, and this is just Silly me. bitch, though, as a father of a daughter, is outrageous. You um, can't say bitch, though. There's something... It's more innocent and it's more old school. It's less, like, controversial. What, like, what, what would you replace it with? Silly cow? Dickhead. No, because she hasn't got it. You can't, you can't no, call a woman a dickhead. That, like, that, silly would, cow? Would, what is not. a bitch, a pregnant dog? Yeah, a bitch is just something that is... It, it, for me, it's a man really announcing the fact that at the end of the day, if you stand up to me, I have the ability to yeah. kill you. Yeah, all right. I can okay, smash I you. I don't see that. I don't see no, that. No, because yeah, okay. that, that is the argument for misogyny. A lot of it's exaggerated and they're, they're fucking aiming things at scarecrows who aren't actually misogynists. But, but isn't, but isn't, do you not find that a, a very funny thing? How, like, you've got... I don't like the word pussy or bitch or that kind... Because like, it, it's an insecure man's language for me. Okay. But that but that's just you, isn't it? Everything's just you, isn't it? That's what an opinion well, I, is. I, yeah, but that, that, that's what I mean. That's just you. So I'm saying, like, I don't see... I don't, I don't, I don't put that kind of... Uh, emotional attachment to words because, like, like when you think I'm about sure it, an what emotional it, guy. Yeah, but which is fantastic. But I'm saying to you, like, it's only a word. Rona Keaton, bitch, cunt, whatever, whatever that word is. You then process that it it it, it sparks a, an emotional response, good, bad, and indifference, whatever, and then you you respond to that or you don't respond to it. 
It's like when people get offended when they, they follow you I think on Twitter we, I think, and then they yeah, cut, and, then, and I'm like, well, I'm But I think it. it weakens the sayer. So let's say you have a problem with the traveling community just based off their behavior. You understand the fact that they've been subject to racism and they don't get equal rights, but you still don't agree with burning out cars for the fucking laugh or not sending women to school. You can have a fair argument, but the minute you call them pikeys, it's over for me. Okay. That's where I have the bitch and woman thing at to an extent. Well, 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 again, you've just got different boundaries, haven't you? So I'm, I, I will agree with you on some things, but there'll be other things I won't agree with you. Like, the, you know, your emotional con- connection to bitch. When you say it to me, I'm like, yeah, from that reason, and I can see your logic. But when I'm like, well, it's just a dog, like a female dog. Like, it's it's like, I get it. Um, and, and even that, you go, oh, yeah, it's a bit... But wasn't dog always used as a term? Like, women have always felt the need to be better looking due to the way the patriarchy has worked. If you want a job in the accounting firm, the woman must wear makeup. The lad's allowed to show up with cocaine coming out of his nostrils and be forced on overweight and it doesn't affect his job. So the bitch is kind of in the category, the cow, it's dog, it's a, Animal. It's shallow. Yep, fair. Your dog, your bitch, your cow, it's that your looks matter and not your intellect. And if you want to actually be fair, because a lot of the points you're making are absolutely correct, don't play their game. Don't become the shallow person they want you to become. Actually, make it intellectual and say, the female commentators don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about. Leave the bitches and the cows at the fucking door because that's what they're using to weaken you. No, and, and you know, the people I talk to, Michael, they're like, look, your tone and the way you say stuff. And I'm like, look, I'm, I'm not William Shakespeare, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on which way you look at it. I just wants to be a footballer who... You know, I didn't think I was going to be uh, a role model or outspoken or a celebrity Wild or one claim. of the other, or one of the other, you know, an influencer or whatever the f- whatever the label is they're trying to put on you. What do you make of this theory? And it's probably absolutely insane. You grow up, and there's a lot of crime around you. There's a lot of instability. It's a tough upbringing, and your mother's side of the family are always the side that were kind of giving into that community and were involved in the drugs. And the uncle was emptying the fivers out in your bed, but your dad's side showed you a way out. He came from a matriarch. He was a strong man who, although he drank and beat up your mate's dad in front of you, he was a footballer. He had a sense of meaning. He played an FA Cup game. He went and goal. FA Vars. He was oh, the FA hero. Cup, yeah, you're in there. You did go Do you the think game, that man. that gave you a viewpoint that football is the way out and it's associated to my paternal side and women getting involved in football, you associate with your mother's kind of dark family, getting involved with the thing that gave you a way out of that manky community. So you actually just don't want them to mix because no. it was the paternal football that saved my life. Get no. the women out of it. No, no, no. But I like your theory. It's good. How, um, as I say, you, you've, you've clearly done your research. I, I can see why you would take that position. In, in one regard, you're spot on in terms of, you know, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, what are my options here? I, I was competent at school without... I, I, I've been talking about this the last few days in terms of, like, I don't think school, as we as as, as I understand it, going to, to school is productive for young boys. You know, I think they're full of energy. I think there's, there's practical things that they could be doing outside the classroom that because they just want to be running yeah. around. Little girls are different. They, they be mature at different uh, ages and, and girls tend to do a lot better in school because of it. So now they're medicating these kids and giving them ADHD. Well, and all one thing things. that needs to go is, is single-sex schools because those energies need to collide because that's a real practice well, for well, life. Well, this is the thing as well, though, isn't it? Because we're seeing this now in society. So I'm with you. I think it's important to... to if we're hierarchical chimpanzees, it's important to... Yeah. You know, 
I'm successful in life if my kids are socially, you know, it's the kind of Peterson stuff. Make sure other people like your kids because they'll, they'll want to help them and get on and do, do better. So a lot of the conversations I'm going to take on, obviously, bear in mind, I've burned the boat, boats professionally. Yeah, I'm fully aware of that. When I took this step into Is management over? Well, no, who's going to fucking go hire who, Who's going to hire me? Well, not be mentioned. A good gaffer. I think I can do it. I mean, so you've got a promotion. Yeah, and, and we were unlucky other than COVID. I would have got Fleetwood into the championship if that season yeah. hadn't stopped. What if Wrexham rang you because you went on air and Americans are kind of, they're less woke now, they're growing out of it and they're kind of into the podcasting at Lee Kelsey shit. What if the podcast works and Wrexham gave you a ring, would you do nah, it? No, I, I may well go back in. Like someone offered me a football club the other day for a couple of million. Um, I don't think it's the right time to, to purchase one. In. Yeah, because I think, like I'm watching Neville and the Class of 92, absolutely. What league? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't... I, what what league was I offered? Yeah. Uh, it was a conference side, a team that was a league well side, known. Uh, a team that's been a league side in the last decade. I don't want to give too much you know, away because they, they might they mightn't want uh, people to know that they're, they're available. But I, I'm looking at it going. Look, I, I know enough people. If I want to go back in, I know I can do it. Um, I know a lot of people who are skilled at what I don't know, so I know I can build a team quite quickly. There's a lot that goes into it, and there's a lot of capital. So. You know, I'd prefer to go and work with somebody else, but I don't know what the future looks like. I've done five years there. Um, I've had a good career as a player. Um, I've had a little go in the media, but I don't. I didn't really like the reactive stuff of it. And obviously, that's been um, there's been a coup d'état in there from the DEI and the uh, the woke brigade. So it's tough for a, a stale white male to get a, a role. What um, made you go nuts this time, though? Why was it go the, nuts? Yeah. No, but was it the sacking of? What, did you not like being sacked from from Bristol? No, it's not nice, especially when we when we turned it round um, from. A, 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 you know, it's almost like when you save never... when you save a cancer patient's life, that's riddled and going yeah. going. And then they change doctors. Not just that, like you know, you get them back on 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 the feet, and and you're thinking, okay, we can we can now get um, um going. And, and you've never liked rejection, obviously, because that's what you always fought against, because you came from a community that the elite were kind of abusing. No, so so I, I have a big trigger is this a for reaction injustice. To rejection? So I have a big trigger for injustice. Is this a reaction to the rejection of the saki? No, this is something that I, I feel passionately about. I mean, you know, most people. Um, but if you think about it, you don't want me as a manager, right? Fucking, I never wanted it anyway. No, and absolutely that's what this not kind that. Of is, no, 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 no. But no, isn't it because no. you're kind of making yourself unhirable now? No, Fuck no, you, I never, I'm, I don't I'm, want I'm not. I'm just, I'm just telling my truth and giving a perspective, and that is making me uh, unhirable. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm like, look, if, if 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 a prerequisite of me getting hired is is I have to say what and do what you think after COVID, I was kind of like, okay, there's got to be some good people here wanting to do the right thing, and I know there was because I, sp- I spoke to a lot of them, but but. The vaccinations and are you vaxxed? Um, uh, no. How did you manage to avoid it? I just didn't want to go. Were the club not getting onto you all the time saying you need to get vaccinated? No, we got shut down. If you remember, we were shut down quite early, and in, when we were shut down, I actually got COVID and lost my smell and taste for about ten days in the early part of March. So from what I knew, and I, again, I'm not a virologist or, or, a, or a doctor by any stretch of the imagination, but but I was locked in my house, so you're obviously tuning into your media sources and trying to educate yourself to keep your family and your, and your loved ones safe in your local community. Um, and there, you know, there was a few things I'd, I'd known about, you know, I've been vaccinated in the past. If I was going to go kayaking in the Amazon, I'd take the requisite vaccinations to not get, you know, malaria or whatever it is down there that could, that could kill you. I would do the same, you know, commonsensically. Um, but with this vaccine just when I seen what had happened in the world and I was like, 
I just like, there's not enough data on this. Like, there's not enough. And when they said, the thing that put me off, and I'm, I'm no fucking Einstein, was when they said, if anything goes wrong, there's, there's pretty much no comeback. And I, I thought, oh, hang on a minute. I'm just going to wait and see what happens here. And I'm still in that spot. Listen, if, it, if disease X comes around, it's going to kill everybody. And I don't want anybody to, to get it off me and kill me nan or someone's loved one. Now, I'm not anti-vax. I just think there's people out there, uh, Michael, who know more than me about it. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not an ex. I'm just a footballer. Right, I'm going to make a cup of tea. Do you want a cup of tea? Yeah. Milk, sugar? Yeah, that, what you asked me there about my mum and dad, you, you're on the right lines. My mum's side of the family wouldn't have, if, the, if the, my dad's side would have matched that, it wouldn't have kept me pinned, but my, my nan and the matriarch kind of kept me anchored at a time at like 14, 15, when I was like that, I got dragged back in. Yeah. So then 16 to kind of 19, 20, making it, I was in training, you know, once you sign apprentice forms and you leave school, I, I, was, I wasn't good enough that they would put me in digs to pay for me. So I had to get the National Express and the train and two buses every day to Main Road, middle of Moss Side, where it's Gucci and Crib Gang all shooting at each other and get me kit and run through Moss Side to, to Black Lane at training ground and then the same to drop me kit off and go back. So luckily I was off St. John's Estate and I can wear your fucking, you had to... You're ducking and dice. Yeah. You know, me and my mate was in here before, the lad who's built a studio. We've, we've known each other since eight. And we were talking about the amount of people we've seen get killed as young people growing up. Yeah. As a kid, we lived at the end of a bus terminal, so all the kids used to run and jump on the back of the ice cream van or get the bikes and grab on. And as a kid, we, we used to do it. We've jumped on the side door and went on. Then the bus went over him. Jesus. As all the kids were on it, like right over the middle of him. And, he, and, and like... So and then there was the guy. Do you think that? You, but like, you remember the schizophrenic, and it's a famous case. Yeah, Tommy One Arm stabbed. Yeah, in, 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 that was Lee Kinch stabbed him in the, in yeah. the heart. So I never. Mark, who was here before, and Gary Burns, another lad who was a, a year above me in school, who used to play be a goalkeeper. They seen the kid dying. Jesus. So an eight, but we were talking, going, you think? So it must be like people who were born in the middle of Belfast in the Troubles, and they've gone. Doesn't everybody just pet up on the police cars? <laughs> like, like you, you. It, I look back and I go, my kids now, I go, like, I couldn't imagine they'd be, like... So you never, thought, you never thought your behaviour was that, was that mental? It, it was, I, I presumed this is what everyone was doing, I presumed everybody... Getting was, in a straightener in Thailand is, that's life. Oh, like, like that, that's fucking playground stuff to what I'd been through to that point. Like, I'd seen people um, get stabbed at... Uh, 14, 15, I'd had knives pulled out on me on the bus where I'm like, fucking have to get on my flight. Just because if you were in Liverpool, we came to Liverpool. Um, we wanted to go to like, there was a big uh, play centre, like Pleasure Island, Bowling Alley and all that. And there used to be a forest before it. And if you, if, there were, if there wasn't 20 of you, you couldn't get to the thing without getting your money robbed off you and fucking beat up buy a load of blacks in the in that part of town because that's kind of talks the south end and it's now in the city centre if there was a like so this is when I was growing up now through football and Tony Bellew they, did you oh, know Tony Bellew before you were both famous well I did because Neil Dan's his best mate was a really good footballer and he played against us and then when 
when you then I'd go to boxing shows in like height and sweet, and it'd be an amateur boxing competition from all the boxing clubs, the amateur ones, and you'd go and then you'd remember, and then you'd play footy against them for the school or so it was through the medium of sport and competition yeah, yeah, yeah. that all these racial boundaries came down. Like people forget. Uh, Mike Trebilho, I think, is the first black player to play for Everton. I'm an Evertonian. Everton was a very, very racist crowd when I used to go to the game as a young Evertonian, like six, seven, eight, like bad. So that's why I got Tony on because Tony's a mixed race. Yeah. And he's an Evertonian. And because he's light, he'll have heard stuff that other black people won't have heard yeah, because yeah, yeah. people will mistake him for. Yeah. And he'll have had to correct people. So Tony's like a, a, a obviously self made guy in, in one of the toughest sports it is. And openly talk a hiding off your man, uh, sick. knowing it was coming. So we had, we had a that, good chat. That's about the, that. that's the uh, fucking. I'm making you a cup yeah, of tea yeah, here, sorry. Like, I'm all right on water. And I can get a tea in a minute if you want to finish that. Yeah, whatever. I, I don't do mind. Tea? Yeah, just a t black tea is cool. I'll, I'll, black tea. Yeah. Milky, yeah. No, I'll do a black for the right. for the fun. Um, so in terms of what you say there. Um, in, you know, my mother's side. Why do you never talk about the mother? My mum? Yeah. Because there's not... My mum's just, my mom's just dead easy going. My mum's like anything for an easy life. She's just always that way. There was no... You know, she was... She wasn't hard on us, my ma. You know, she sat, she's just like... Like... She'd had two kids before... Um, before me and divorced and then met my dad. And my dad was, I think about eight years younger than her. So yeah. we kind of split our family because my nan obviously wasn't happy with it. He met me, he had me, I think, when he was 20. So my me, 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 me nan never spoke to him and, and like kind of disowned him. And then only when she found out I was born and she wasn't at my birth and I was the eldest grandson, she yeah. had two granddaughters before, that she was like, so I kind of bridged my nan back to my dad. Yeah. So I don't know why I've always been like really close to me nan. Like where, as I say, like people are like he's misogynistic. I'm like my biggest hero is my grandmother. Like even now where she's gone, what's going on here, lad? And I'm got I'm trying to tell her what age she, is she now? She's 84, 85 now. She's still fully switched on, but she's like, what's going on? She, I'm, I'm telling her, and she's like, look at trust I'm like, nan, you know the way I am. But what we're talking about is 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 is, is a small issue but actually because of how big football is in, in these islands it leads to a bigger conversation socially so i'm saying look from what i'm seeing people are just shouting and arguing with, with each other for whatever reason fucking whenever i speak they write articles about classism everything. well there is a bit of that so i'm just Let's like, right, make I'm the tea. Start, what are we doing I'm, I'm make gonna the start conversations tea. you know um yeah you know the, the one thing people know about me michael is um there's no real agenda um, you know, yeah, but the what? So, the, are the Guardian heads who, by the way, used to love, but they used to love you in 2013 when you yeah, were doing. Yeah, when the, I was going around you're, art galleries. Yeah, and, you, know, you were doing rainbow laces. You were going around as like a Miles Kane impersonator at one point. Yeah. Yeah, look, look, I was poking the box a little bit just to go, and, and it's kind of like. Were you doing rainbow laces? Yeah. I started it. So I, I loaded <laughs> the fucking drawbridge. You don't know this. So I started it. I was the first one to do a documentary. With the Mal Fashionu. So, yeah. But it, she's the niece of, obviously, Justin Fashionu hung himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he was, I think he was, they were going to, the newspapers, or they were going to out him as being gay. You definitely don't want milk, mate, no? No, I'm all right, good. Thanks, uh, mate. That's just tea. Appreciate um, you. Um, they were going to out him, I think, as being gay. And he's, he was, a, I think Cluffy signed him for Forrest. And obviously, everyone loves Cluffy, and Cluffy's a darling, and all sorts. You can imagine with Cluffy. Because the fucking gloves were off with Cluffy. Yeah. 
and, and obviously he had the European Cups and League titles at fucking Derby and Forest the fucking no, who's going to answer Brian Clough back Clough and Muhammad Ali and Parkinson is some of the best TV oh. you can't believe that's a football manager who can you see doing that now no Muhammad Ali said Clough oh. I've had enough Football hasn't really gotten bigger in terms of the emotional psyche of the people in any way, shape, or form. It's just all commercialism and cheerleaders and Sky Sports. But it used to matter fucking more. You, Liam Brady played for Juventus and the people in Dublin were dancing on the streets. We've no connectivity with football now. Well, so, so, so you remember, so for me as an Englishman, um, before I was a, an Irishman, the next, ni- 1990 was my first World Cup. I came online. Were you 41, no, 42? What are you? No, I wasn't. I wasn't around for 1990. I wasn't conscious. Okay. So when are you born? 80... 93. You're 93? Yeah. Fucking hell, lad. You've had some paper around, didn't you? Do I look like shit, yeah? Oh, I thought you were older than me. No. I knew you were a little bit younger than me. I thought yeah. you might be about my age. That's just weight. Well, you've, you haven't got any grey hair. I'm full no, of grey and hair. No, and I don't, I don't even really have wrinkles. So what you're essentially saying it's is that... It's because your voice is so mature in the voice. You don't sound young. You've got a lovely, mature voice. I think it's also because I'm 102 and kilos. And you're a bit Kevin Bridges and t- uh, Luke Littler in terms of you look... Wiser than your you years. Luke Littler and Kevin Bridges was such a quick shift. Well, um, Benjamin Button. What you're saying is I'm fat. That, no, that no, I'm is not it. saying that. I'm just saying you fact. look you look older than what. Obviously, if you're born 90, 90s, like yeah, you just look a little bit older, like more more distinguished, more mature. Yeah, yeah. Say. Jesus, I need to lose weight instantly. What's well, you've the, got all these options now. What's with the these... best buzz with losing weight though? Just yeah. sheer discipline. Yeah, well, have you ever been fat? No, I've never been like. Yeah, I'm probably at my heaviest when I got married. Were you all grown up because you were the footballer? Because that helps the ego out regardless. You were constantly attractive to women. That helps out with arrogance and self-belief a lot. Um, I wouldn't say... like I, I was more interested in having a game of football. But you had you know. money, you were in shape, and you kind of told it as it was. I presume your sexual life was kind of that of a, of a rock star. In your early 20s, when the ego's yeah, been tested based yeah, on your ability and, to attract and, and, and the And it was mate. aligned with... Uh, kind of, you know, getting in scrapes because obviously it's a highly competitive environment there. Um, you know, you, you step on the wrong person's toes in terms of if they've got an effect, certainly in Liverpool where, you know, uh, there's no shrinking violets. You step on the wrong person's toes and the wrong girl flutters their like eyelids at you. Like doing the jungle. It's a, it's well, well, it just... can, in Liverpool, uh, some of the big cities can be life-changing moments. Yeah. Regardless of how good of a fighter you are, regardless of how fit you are, it can be settled in uh, ways that are way beyond um, the athletic uh, output. And obviously, you've got to have your wits about you. So for me, I was lucky at that junction in my life. I got in a few scrapes, so then I went to Sport and Chance Clinic and started doing the 12 steps. It was anger management mixed in with am I alcoholic. Started doing the 12 steps, and I meet you know Peter Kay, not the comedian, but the founder or one of the founders of Sport and Chance with, with Tony Adams. And it changed my life. He taught me stuff that if you're lucky, your dad teaches you, yeah. or a great mentor teaches you about handling anger, and, and it's okay not to be perfect, and... You know, I started down a kind of men's uh, psychology space, doing a bit of Jungian kind of archetype work, you know, King, Warrior, Lover, Magician, and, and trying to make sense of the chaos of growing up in, you know, if I look at it now and the data pointed out, when I look, when I look back and I read, you know, no nonsense and I read the early chapters, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to move through that and not have been traumatised by what had occurred. You know, as I say, my Uncle Joe is racially murdered in Liverpool when I'm six. He was murdered because he was from Manchester. He had a Manchester accent. So by other white people, though? By a scouse, yeah. Is that racial? I don't know. Yeah, is it? in a way know. it is, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think it would have happened to another scouser. So he was murdered in a toilet 
with a snooker cue to the back of the head. Yeah. Because he was a Mancunian in a scouse bar. Yeah, and he, 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 I think like they were in a charity fundraiser or yeah. something, and he ch- shaving his hair for charity, which he, he wasn't like a skinhead or anything, and now he's got the moustache. And uh, I shouldn't <laughs> laugh about it. No, that was my dad's sister's husband. That wouldn't happen dad. now, though. So in a way, when we long for the old days and the beauty of old English football romanticism, a lot of that romanticism came from genuine pain and combat that kind of did result in like Leeds, Galatasaray and hooliganism that was absolutely filthy. So do we nearly want this? sterilised, bland version of fucking woke football in a certain way because it, there's less tragedy in it. I, I've just read a book um, a while back called uh, Yugoslavia, Politics and Football and the revolution in, in the Baltic um, countries there w- w- was in large part in, in the sports and football stadiums. You know, it, it, it's, it's a very tribal sport where people care passionately about their team and their team usually represents the local community. You know, whether it's food banks or, you know, trying to get tins for Africa or whatever the football clubs, uh, you know, gear their, their army at. Obviously, some have a bigger army than others. Football can be used for really good things. Now, the problem we've got in this country is it's just the exploitation of, of the fan. Can we get more money out of it? Can we get them to subscribe to this? Can we get them to buy this? Can we make the fans pay... You know, Do you think 50 plus ones, it's not possible I, at this I, point? It's probably not. It would involve We're, literal well, world then, war and reinvention see, of sports. See, I thought that, and then they just seized Chelsea off Abramovich. So say the government say, right, every, te- every team, we're taking off yous all, and you can only buy 49% of the of the shareholders. Just taking off yous. I mean, you drive your mind, but that's what, in essence, they've done to Chelsea, haven't they? You know, they, they, they seized it. I, I, mean, I mean, the money was meant to go to... Uh, fight the, the war in Ukraine for the Ukrainians, but as far as I know, it's still an escrow. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not a financial advisor, but I'm like, you know, we're living in strange times where we can clearly see the Olympics, you know, whether it was, have you watched Icarus, the um, the documentary no. about the, you need to watch it on Netflix, about the, the Russian government drilling through the wall and changing drug samples of Fat men don't really sit down and watch long-term So TV. So again, the, the, well, we know if you look at like kind of... Too insecure to sit through it. Like the, the Olympics has been used as kind of um, sports politics, to, whose ideology is the strongest. You know, the Cold always War was. And, well, again, sport has always been used. Like we're seeing in, in Premier League football now because of its its meteoric rise to like the biggest or one of the biggest sports on the planet. Um, you know, the nation states are buying. You know, it's it's no longer the local millionaire or multimillionaire yeah. or businessman done good who's yeah. who's wants to. You know, uh, keep the football club plugged into the community and give local people jobs. It's come from the need to sell. So people want to sell everything into you. So you know, Michael Jordan's documentary, who, who arguably, you know, we all watched, um, um, you know, the Last Dance, and were, were taken by, you know, the the, the incredible drive and, and and ability of Michael Jordan. And he famously quotes in there saying, you know, Republicans or whatever it is buy buy sneakers. The lads are the same, you know. If you say the wrong thing now or the wrong word, as we're seeing, you just get shut down and cancelled or endorsements are gone. Or, And it's like, okay, that's okay if you're saying outrageous things. I'm fine, you know, extreme opinions. and What extreme is outrageous now, though? Outrageous now is saying, no, that's a dude. Uh, that's a man. Yeah. What do you make of that whole, that whole scene? Uh, I mean, if we cannot agree on basics, how can we get into the complex? Like, if we can't say that's up and that's down, and we can't say that's a man, that's a woman, 
I mean, the nuances and the arguments that fit, that we need to have if we're going to solve a lot of the problems civilization. But isn't it just prepar- it's just preparation for moving the world online and humanity just been officially gone because we have to substitute our secularism with technology. So we're so you like Ready Player One? Have you seen that? No. Oh my God! We need to, we need no, to get but, you at there. Uh, no, but we're just getting rid of genders and preparing ourselves for our ultimate death. That, so that's Ready what Player it is. One is everyone's living in a kind of um, like a, almost imagine one of those things that go on the back of ship, like a shipping container. Everyone's got their own one, and on it uh, you plug into this treadmill of movement and you run to a computer screen with a VR headset on and like the world outside is so toxic and every one of these containers are just piled up on top of each other in this like nothingness of virtual world is more to them than the actual world um, which you could see you know when you logically think about it you go oh my god and it's what Gervais touched on on his last uh, show where he says you know I don't give a shit really it's not me, but he says he doesn't give a shit. He says, you know, in 20 years' time, I won't be here. And you'll be the one in, stuck in your flat, sucking oxygen out of a straw. If you, you know, religion, these, you know, I'm not saying there's not a, a god in the sky or gods in the sky or, you know, don't forget previous civilizations which have thought they were incredibly advanced have been sacrificing human sacrifice on the, on the altars and Aztecs and, you know, Crazy, crazy things are being done currently in the world as we stand. Most of the time when you delve into those crazy things, there's some form of a religious uh, ideology at the bottom of it. And for me, I believe when you move all those barriers out the way and you you interact with people, my career is a testament to playing against some players from all over the globe, all different races, religions, sexualities, no doubt. And it was a meritocracy. Did you know any gay footballers who just weren't out who he played with? And obviously, don't name them. But was there was there gays in the dressing room? Well, it's a closely guarded secret, isn't it? But there there was, yeah. Well, if you give me a kiss, I'll I'll tell you. I think there is, but also it didn't. It doesn't matter to me. Like clearly, yeah. what did they say? One in one in every one ten, in 10 men. Yeah. So you know, if I've played in the Premier League for twelve years and played in team football, professional teams for what fifteen, sixteen years, seventeen, eighteen years, maybe with your apprenticeship. Think how many lads are in their teams, probably 15 to 20 in each team. So just on probability, I must have done. Now, there's some lads that you, the lads would go, and, and, and we knew, but it didn't bother us as long as he played well on a Saturday. Now, if you were in the showers and he started to come on to you, then that would be a problem. Clearly, if you were heterosexual, but we, obviously not every gay man fancies every other no, man. No, of course. That's, you know that's, I mean? that's why I'm shocked But, that but every, man, that, every um, man presumes that every gay man fancies every other man. That's just complete insecurity. Well, it's the same, way, the same way every heterosexual doesn't fancy every woman. You know, so clearly if, you know, in, in women's football, being gay is a lot more... Most homophobic men um, that I found growing up were the guys who women weren't interested in. So I hope he doesn't fucking come near me. No one's coming near you, son. Shut the fuck up. That's that's what I found. See, but then my my, my uncle Tom is a, is an absolute um, contradiction to that because I didn't know he was gay the whole of growing up. And bear in mind, from the age of fourteen, Tom's ten years, twelve years older than me. Um, from the age of fourteen, like at music, I'd be trying to get in his room to read his magazines and. He had a bit of OCD, so everything was pristine. I'm the complete opposite. Like, if I'm in there, it's like the Tasmanian devil's been yeah. in there, and I can't find anything. So if I'm looking for something, even if it's directly in front of me, I have that male disease where I just can't see it. And my missus or my, my nan would come along and go, look, it's just there. 
Um, so, but what is, our, what, our Tom was brilliant at football, like re- really good at football, never good enough to make it, but like really good amateur player, into decent music. When I think back at it now, he was always like hanging around with girls and had girl mates, which was quite rare. But he had lad mates as well. And like where we grew up, if someone was gay at that time in the early 90s, it, it wasn't what it is now where you can be gay now and no one has a problem. Back then, there was there was an issue. Because I always remember when when our Tom comes out to me nan and granddad, because he's my uncle. He's not, he's not but he, he, he was like my older brother. Um, when he comes out to me nan and granddad, my nan thought it was because he'd moved to town. He had got a flat in town and moved out of her house from Heighton and moved into town. She said that's because he's moved to Liverpool. And it wasn't obviously moving to Liverpool allowed him to come out and be gay, but she thought it was moving into the city centre. And then she was really concerned. She she more cared about other people's opinion of her having a yeah. gay son than him actually yeah. being gay. And and actually, it it did it did go a little That's bit, the bit against their though, church background because she was the last generation, I mean, born 1942, war baby. But they were the last generation of like staunch believers. Same problem with mental health, though, isn't it? Depression, suicidal ideology. You tell the parents they're ashamed. They're, they're very embarrassed of what the neighbours might think. Let's put you into a psychiatric hospital and force feed you medication as opposed to getting to root to this trauma. There's a lot of deaths happening at the hands of giving a shit what other people think. That's essentially what all political problems are as well. And all kind of human frailty is just a genuine fear of other people's opinion, even though you shit shower and live alone. But but again, this this is the problem we have when we try to tell people what to do. Do you give a shit what people think? Yeah, of course. I think we all do at a level. What about the brother thing? Are you insecure about that? The murder? Oh, That's horrible. I'll live with that for my whole life. Like that, but because- it's not you. I had no choice because it was never the people who actually killed them. It, it was always it was about me. who did it, though. I, I know that. I'm absolutely aware of that. But unfortunately, that's not what was presented by the media, and that's not what feedback I get. So for me... But you can't get above that. You still kind of feel horrible. Like, you said something recently that was taken out of context about it being a scrap, and, and the, the national media accused you of claiming that it was a scrap, even though it's not really what you said. Also... The amount of journalists who reference you as the brother of a murderer yeah. when Prince William and Kate Middleton go and pretend they're visiting a school, no one says fucking nephew of an aunt. It's classism to the highest degree. Do you still know your brother? Of course, yeah. Would you see him all the time and like go for a... Not all the time. I, I interact with him. Do you forgive him? It's not for me to, to forgive or to give. It, you know, it's, he never took my son away. Doesn't warrant it for what for what what happened to them and what happened there. What do you need me to pass judgment on you? Like he's got to live with what exactly. went down there for the rest of his existence. And look, if 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 he had killed them, I wouldn't be able to communicate with him. No, I'll never communicate with my cousin again for what he done. Is that because he's your cousin though, and not your brother? No, if my brother would have done, would have. Because I, I don't forget, I'm, I've got eyewitness testimony in terms of I read all the court papers. There's a lot that went on, and I have to be mindful here, Michael. Of you know, there's a family out there who are still and will forever grieve the loss of their son, and for me to talk about it is is, is insensitive. And and that's yeah. why when people have been tweeting it at me, look, sticks and stones will break me bones. Where you know, I've I've had enough said to me over the over the decades that I've I've pretty much got what you would call rhino skin. But isn't it so ironic and so humorous that the people that tweet that actually think that they're bringing some kind of justice and making some kind of point well, when they are Well, because I started are blocking them and up. hiding them, it wasn't because they were annoying me. It, it was like, I, it, this is just can't be nice for anybody yeah. who, who, who cared deeply about that kid 
because to be to be seen. Yeah. Look, justice was served. I, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm an eye for an eye. Now I'm, I've mellowed as I got to 41, but I wouldn't have taken the position that G Walker took, and I now um, she handled it, and I have enormous. Um, respect for, for her and it was just about landing an arrow into into me you know Joe, this Joey Barton doesn't take a backward step everybody who kind of come for me and and, and, and uh, kind of attack me and it was the first time they th- presumed I'd taken a oh god that's hurt him and wounded him not ever because they, because they're so intent on attacking me not my message or what I'm saying they're so intent on attacking me that they lost sight of this can't be good for the people that like this is just not this is just not good. Like, firstly, it's got nothing to do with me. And if you look at my record on it, I had to go back into a dressing room, I had to make a public appeal to come back when they when they'd got off abroad to say come back. Um Yeah, that ITN thing. What well, was that like? When you to actually say, Michael, you so, need to so, come so, home. So so what a weird why, thing to why, have to do in a career. Why would anybody want to have to do that? Like when when I look at it Why I, did you do it? it, it well I ha- it had your... to. I was told by the press office and the football club and everybody, you know, don't forget there was a lot of pressure on from from the FA. But if Ronaldo's brother did something mental now, he wouldn't be camera facing with the thing. It doesn't, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's really irresponsible. Yeah. What are you, 22? Yeah, 21, 22. And the press like officer in a football club tells you to go and get associated with something that you were nothing got to do with, we're not there, and to make... People make the best. It's like, you know, people make the best decisions based on the information they have at hand. It's only where hindsight, we look back and go, what a good or bad or, or shite decision that was, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's like the COVID thing. I think a lot of good people have made the best decisions to protect people. And look, clearly, it's been a mad technology and, um, you know... I think good people have tried to do the right thing and got it wrong, which which happens in life. If we try and go through life, which I think we're, we're approaching, I think, the end point of kind of wokeness where everybody's got to be perfect. And if you've said like said something or done something, then that's the end of you. Then they're going to be boring, mundane, bland people. I think life is fantastic when you meet these balmy characters who've had these mad experiences who talk about them openly and say don't do that because I tried that or if you're going to do that be mindful of this and I think when we all communicate not all think alike when we disagree and we go you know what like what you said earlier on I didn't agree with you about bitch but totally understand your perspective and it's it's got me thinking differently and the more we converse the more we change each other's um, observations I think the better the world we exist in is What's what's your plan then? Like in ten or twenty <laughs> years, what is the? Do you know what do you want to move into? Like it's do you, are you trying to make a point? Your point is that there's a bias in all narratives, and you're essentially trying to teach the world a lesson to no. be more well-read and less believing in an internet culture that's about to dominate society. Look, because your children are going to grow up and read crazy shit about you. Yeah, is that look, what half of this is? No, look, it's just a case of the world as as I thought it was going to be growing up you know i can still remember no internet and you have to remember phone numbers before kind of mobile phones became the thing and obviously the, the, you, you got to understand that you know the kind of bob dylan stuff of the times are changing like the generation of kids that come afterwards change have a different approach a different opinion and i remember being 20 like i'm, I'm 40s now 41 all right you know i haven't had the botox and the turkey teeth and all that so next are you going to do that shit if the podcast works oh absolutely out? yeah Would i want to get like 15 facelifts so i'm going to look like 21 when i'm 86. but you do give a shit about your appearance I, I, everyone does i mean yeah. I, I i i don't think 
I'm not my appearance, so so I'm like I'm like some people are based on the looks. Like I'm fortunate or unfortunate enough to never have had uh, the opportunity to, you know, I was a, mine was based on my physical sporting capacity, yeah. not the way I look or the way yeah, I dance the or the way look I sing. For the character, though, it all went in sync. <laughs> so I, exactly I, I, I say that now, but like me, me, I've got a, a weird shape eyeball, so I have to wear. I can't wear lenses. I have to wear glasses. Um, and and again, you know. You move through life, um, as I say, in your 20s. I remember being 20 and I thought I knew everything in the world. I'm on this hero's journey and I'm going to fulfill my dreams and, you know, set myself to be a sportsman. And it's got a small probability, but if you do it and you get it right, you can, you know, you can have a great life. I never thought growing up in, I'm 10 in 1992 when the Premier League starts, you were going to get 900 grand a week to fucking play footy. No, but generally like 50 or 60 at one point for you. Grand more, a week. I, got, I got a bit more than that. Yeah. You're making run eighty, eighty grand a week. Yeah, but we never thought it was going to get there. So what happened? We what was it like to receive? You just really start not caring about money in terms of like it. It does not supplement. It doesn't fix trauma. Well, well, you seen, could factually just say no, money no, does not fix trauma. Tyson Fury. Are you fed up with the guy, or do you understand what no, he I means? Li- I like Tyson. I, I, I think his story is incredible. From from to come back from the weight and the. Would you the not appreciate the whole avoid? Like if you were him. Similar values and that kind of thing of like being open about like trauma, what happened to you, money doesn't make happiness you achieve, yeah. and then you have to self-sabotage like you did after Klitschko. But do you kind of hold it against him that he's not getting in the ring with Joshua and giving the English public that fight in its peak? As a boxing, boxing fan, guy. I'm gutted that I haven't seen that fight because I think, you know, I think... I think Fury not Joshua, just jab him around for 12 rounds we're all disappointed and Fury just wins comfortably on points. I think before the Franny and Garnu fight, I think, he w- I think that, that would be common misconceptions. Well, but again, I, again, but you... Confidence is massive in everything that you do. So confidence is huge. Now, elite level sport, confidence comes from good preparation. So we have to accept that whether it's right or not, whenever I cross the white line as a player, whenever you're a boxer, you get into a fight. You've got to be ready to go. You're getting into a fight. Like this is what people forget about elite level sport. If you're a nice guy and you, you want to have a career for 15 years where your body's your business, boxing, absolutely your body's your business, Footballers, we have a fight, you know, pretty much every couple of days. If you're an elite level player, it's physical examination. You're doing 12, 13 Ks, a central midfielder on average now at the at the elite level. More for some boys, obviously less for some boys. Other positions obviously vary. But you're doing that on average every three days, give or take once a season, gets up and running, maybe once a week for some for, for some boys, but for the elite level players, the internationals every three days. So the shape these boys are in and the and the and the you know, to have a 15 or an 18 or a 20 year career and have all your, you know, because it's an athletic sport, you know, when your legs go, you don't last an awful long period after that in certain positions. My position, you can get away with it a bit longer, hold a midfielder. You know the Wayne Rooney, how good he was growing up oh, story? incredible, yeah. What was it like when he was like fucking 10 and shit? You were a bit older, So I, I remember so. the first time I ever seen Wayne, I mean, he's probably, I think every team wants to see a local lad do good. And obviously, when a local lad is well, class, are you mates with Rooney? No, I know Wayne. I've I've, I've known him, played against him pretty much his whole career, my whole career. I've known him growing up, and as, as I'm going to explain to you, here, I was under 17 at Manchester City, and we were playing Everton at uh, Platt Lane on a on a bog out uh, on the fortress. We used to call it Frankie Buns, our coach, and we were beating Everton. I think two nil. 17s and Everton put on for the last 15 minutes this 14 year old kid, 13 year old kid. And he was unbelievable, and it was Rooney. And I remember thinking, and then someone said, he's like four years younger than everyone him. But he was obviously physically not four years younger than everyone. 
And well, in a way, mentally, the self confidence like, of that guy. Literally, within three years, he he was obviously scoring against Arsenal. So yeah. uh, then, when you see someone like that, and then obviously as we played them later on, he moved that quick that we never played against them much. He, he, he literally skipped age. Yeah, there's this book called The Football Man, and there's a chapter on Rooney. It talks about in the Euros when everyone's shitting themselves in that first game against France, where they lose two one late to Zidane brace. And Rooney's walking around the dressing room pre-game, just doing up a short saying, get the ball to me, Fee. So I, I, I was at the game feet. in Benfica's stadium, is this? Because um, at the time, I was represented by SFX, Drew Marshall, who's Stevie Gerrard's agent. It was when I was close to signing for Liverpool. And Stephen obviously was in that team. And we were in Portugal golfing and then we're travelling to the games. And the I was Beckham at the game. penalty game. So I, was at, I think they played Switzerland and, and he scored. He was unplayable. And Croatia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then um, we were at the... And then they played France. Zidane scores a free kick. Rooney, honestly, Rooney in that game. Was, it's one of the greatest performances. And, and when you think about the age he was at and that... Like, Do you remember so, what he does to Lillian Thuram? If I'm honest with you, Mike, this is the maddest thing about this. And, and I said this about Wayne. I don't want to talk about Wayne because it's unfair if he's not here to defend himself. But when I done a, a, a done an interview with Clive Woodward and Wayne, um, what happened is um, you'd have to say that look at Cristiano still going now. And I know Wayne's a completely different athlete. Different personalities but, as well. Ronaldo's a complete narcissist. And Rooney does look like he still has a bit to the community. He's a Liverpoolian after all. He was never going to do that shit. But again, Ronaldo's he, portraits. He's Trump, man. What, what he's was Trump Wayne? Green. What was Wayne's best? When did so? When he went out to twenty eleven. Uh, yeah, that, that yeah. I'm saying, but when, when was transplant. he? When was he done? When he when he leaves Man United? Are you saying that? No, his I best think he years? was done in fourteen. Okay. Or I, I actually think he was done when he pushed for a move the second time and Fergie being the control freak he was said in his last ever interview uh, we must leave the club essentially fucking him over then Moyes comes in and Edward couldn't lose face by letting Rooney go he was supposed to go to Chelsea yeah. so we overpaid him on a contract even though he was 27 and he was finished See, I, and Rooney I, I was think... always going to be finished young everyone said that yeah well it, it was because don't forget he was a man Like if you, it, it's like anything if you spurt out early you know, you've only got so long as a superstar, any racehorse, like I always see footballers as racehorses, you know, this is what people miss with boxers and rugby players because they're, for me, like the jump horses, you know, they're a bit harder, they're, but they go a bit slower and they more collisions into the fences. The footballers, I hate to say this, but with, with, it's the toughest sport because it's the furthest point from your brain as you toe and it's, it's eye-foot coordination, not hand-eye, which is a bit easier. Plus, you know, obviously the, the, the speed and the skill. I think, and this is just me, most people don't want to get punched in the face for a living. So it's easier to play football. Most people don't want to play rugby for like the bone breaks and the collisions. So so it's easier to play football. I think if you're really good and big and you're too big, you go into rugby or rowing if you're not like Everyone wants to be a footballer. There's no well, even when I, th that. This is why I want to speak to like some of the lads on, on, on the journey of podcasting because I, my experience of playing football is people from bands and sportsmen and comedy. Well, no, I think I think, we can't, I think you start by wanting to be a sportsman, and then when you get to around fifteen, you smoke <laughs> your first joint, you realise <laughs> a rock, rock star is the peak. See, of society. we didn't. So, so I seen all that going on around me. But you were going to like Glasgow and naming horses, crying lightning. You yeah, knew yeah, that, that was a rock later. star was the shit. Yeah, but that was later. So, and again, our Tom was a huge influence on Do you ever that. You take psychedelic drugs? Have you um, dropped I a stamp of acid? I have. I have after my football career. But even in the summer, do they not? No, I, I would never. Do I, players take drugs? I don't know. You, I no, would, but like in general, do they go to a beat like, and take a bit of coke knowing that the, the, the drug test will be at a certain time they'll get away with it? Back in the day, they didn't. They just had the pint. So that was I the, remember the more being bevy merchants, so they'd have a load of sleep. Even the Spice Boys, did a reek of cocaine off them. Well, again, I, 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 I remember that era and you're looking at it going Britpop and everything that was going on, Oasis Blair, the Spice Girls. Possibly, 
But I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm, I'm, I'm didn't make my debut till 2004, and I was 20 then. You know, uh, sorry, 2002. I was 20 when I made my debut. But on a summer holiday, would would you take roads? No, like because had? you wouldn't go to a beef and take no, a bit of MDMA. No, and, and I'll tell you the reason why. My dad was a habitual drug user. Like he's just gone into recovery. My dad six months ago for cocaine, just cocaine and, 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 and well, it's their generation. But just cocaine and alcohol. Do you know if I'm honest? Like my dad's worked on security at Glastonbury. He worked as security on concerts. I think he's he'll have a go pretty much anything. My old man, like within, he's he's one of them. He's of a different era, so. Now he's gone now the other way and he's teetotal now and he's but he's had to get into sobriety because it, it, it's difficult I think when you're in your twenties and you're in your thirties and in your forties and you're partying and this is why I I, I, I didn't realise I was getting down this path but there's a lot of broken people out there who go to the footy and have a line of Charlie and have a gamble or go and I heard you talking to Chris uh, McClure about it and I, I, when I was doing a bit of research for this and you absolutely hit the fucking nail on his head it's this broken group of lads out there who. I've been putting a few little weird polls out just to try and gauge my audience, and I think 79% of my following was not religious or didn't believe in a God. Now, we all need something to believe in, and Steve Black, a great mentor of mine, yeah. used to say to me... A spiritually uh, unique human being. Like the causation man, yeah. he had even on like that English rugby team win the World Cup. This, Wilkinson wouldn't have done it without Steve Black. But I used to watch but, um, that documentary growing up, that Lions are one documentary. You see him on it, yeah. It's, it's just so well there, made. Yeah. Uh, and he's bringing this kind of like self-deprecative reverence to like a middle-class group that nearly just unifies the countries. Yeah, he showed me things that I didn't think was possible. This is the mad thing. I was at four years at Newcastle, never met him. Then he had a year in Marseille and he was with Johnny at Toulon, never met him. Then he came back to QPR and I met him at QPR because um, a mate of mine had, had been a massive Johnny Wilkinson fan, Eddie. And he said, I'm just going to go and meet this guy because John, all Johnny does is talk about him. And he went and met Blackie and he was like, you need to meet him. This this fella, you need to meet him. So um, me and Blackie ended up meeting in, in Leicester Square in, in central London. There's a Waterstones not far away because Blackie's an avid book reader. And I think when he passed away, he had 10,000 books in his house, something that barmy like that. Um, and he would always want to, Go, if he went to any city, he'd go and explore the churches and the books and the coffee shops. That's and, and obviously the football stadium if he, or rugby stadium he was working there. But and he would just interact with people at, at all different levels. He was just a great people person. So we meet in this bookstore and we have we meant to meet for two hours and we were there like we got throughout like seven in the night. And I came out of there and Ed, my mate's gone. He's, hey lad, he's like an angel, isn't he? Like he's you know. I'm like. No, he's an incredibly wise man, but like I haven't got the angel kind of thing. Eddie had gone head over the heels for Blackie, and I was still a little bit guarded. Like, all right, you know, this this could be a snake oil salesman because you've met loads of these chances, and, and but he, he seems incredible. And then the next time we met was in Carluccio's in Richmond, and he put it right on my toes. So he was, we were just feeling each other out, and from that moment on, it was just like, wow, how lucky am I to meet this man? And then, and he was the same with. Lots of people who, who who crossed this path. I was very very fortunate, and he holds it. Just knowing him holds me to a to a higher account. Any Jeez. managers ever help you with an arm around the shoulder? Do you know? Do you know? They they all tried the best, and and like I, I look back at it, and I think you know some of the managers just didn't have the skill. Like they were, because I've been a manager now, I'm thinking, oh my god, the situation he was in. Fergie at the time. could have got you. Oh god, I think Fergie can get anyone, can he? So, um, I. I I always think about like like the Brian Cloughs, the 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 Alex Ferguson's, the the Bill Shankleys, but then also 
I'm lucky enough, like my debut was given to me by Kevin Keegan, who's one of Shankly's, and Teddy McDermott, when I went to Newcastle, looked after me, again, Liverpool, Shankly, um, obviously met loads of people who had all different influences, and, and, and I feel fortunate to, to have been given my debut by Kevin Keegan, and, and that's one of the things that started this, I was a manager at Bristol Rovers, and Kevin Keegan said about women commentary and, and punditry as politely as he could with his incredible career and managerial, you know, we all know his, his ups and his downs, but create a great team at the Newcastle Entertainers. And he was absolutely hounded. What do you make of the women's game? I think it's it's never been better in this country. Well, what do you make of the fact that there has to be residual resentment and trauma of the fact that the game was barred until 1970 and even kind of post-war when women started getting into manual labour, they did make female teams and then they were selling more tickets than the men and the FA came out saying it's fucking not feminine to play. Why did they do so well in that period? Did they do so well because so many men had died at war? So a lot of men have died, more died in the First World War from this country and in these isles than in the Second World War. But we're not trying to get to a place in society where, like, exclusion is just viewed as so Neanderthalic. We're, we're, we're not excluding here. Like, this, this is where the message has been confused. So I'm like, look... So, but why do you play into the hands of the message being It comes back I to the bitch it, thing. It, it, why do you say you'd score 100 penalties in a row on because your own would. Yeah, You wouldn't score 100. 92. Okay. 92. Well, well, again, until we do it, we're not... I, I'd a fancy one or you chances wouldn't. A one or, that's, just, that's just unlikely. Well, again, that, that's your opinion. Like, I, I, You have I, to hit the post once, surely. Well, again, you know, th that's because you don't understand the standard of football that it, it, it's required to, to play in the Premier League for as long as we, we have to play there. Like You don't think she dived the right way once and just it, get it? It wouldn't matter because the way I take penalties, it's physically impossible for Mary, if if she does a penalty the way the current rule set is set up, to, to get anywhere near it. Yeah. So our only hope is I don't execute it properly, but because of the way I've, I, I, I've engineered my penalty-taking stance, and it was home. What about the person that pens. is Mary? What about the woman who kind of grew up and she uh, developed this dream? Because maybe she had a parent who liked football and she becomes this footballer and then she gets awarded the BBC Sports Personality of the Year Award. What about just her reaction to picking up her phone and seeing like a guy who played for the men's fucking English team, someone who does, he played in fucking France and I played for Marseille, he played a fucking big name player, kind of taking it away from her. What about just, what about just, ah, fuck, that couldn't feel good for her. Yeah, and, and look, it, it wasn't intended to, to do that, but also... But what about that? Um, look, sometimes in, in war, when there's, when there's an, a coup d'etat of, of the men's game by the women, um, sometimes in times of war, there's, there's civilian casualties, as we all know, and unfortunately <laughs> for Mary, in, in, in the culture war that we're in, I, I'd probably meet her, and I'm telling you, I'd score 100 penalties past her. And she's a good goalkeeper, though, in the women's for game. For women, for a woman, yeah. But, yeah. but a really good yeah, female goalkeeper. She seems to be one of the best. So you, would you respect her as an athlete? Like, you respect Serena Williams? Absolutely, I do, yeah. I've got, I've got nothing but admiration for her, and I thought she had a fantastic tournament for the women's team. But to see her get... What would you do if Pete Sampras tweeted saying, I'd batter Serena, six love, six love, after she wins an American award for, like, lifetime achievement as a 24-time Grand Slam winner? Would you kind of think, Pete, come on, be pathetic? Um, if he goes, come on, I'd fucking kick the shit out of Serena. Well, I think if Pete tried to give technical feedback about uh, a men's tennis tournament and was shouted down by Serena, um, I would imagine it opens the floodgates to, but to question... But you're not Pete, though. You're, you're kind of Greg Rosetsky. I'm probably worse than that. 
But 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 again, you know, would Greg Rosetsky would beat Serena Williams comfortably. But would Rosetsky have the audacity to go with Serena because Mary Earps can only achieve in her pool. She doesn't have a dick. She doesn't have testosterone. So she still achieved more based off what was around her than you did. You can only be compared to what you were subject to. Yeah, but also... So let, just let, because let's her see. gender, she shouldn't be no, belittled. No, I'm with you. Fucking yeah. woman who's the fucking best goalkeeper in the world in comparison to the fucking... That's yeah. a peak 18th best central midfielder for a week in 07. Yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. But also, you, as you well know, and, and you, you're not naive enough to, to think that the men's game and the women's game is the same product. No, they're product, not. All right. So are, are you saying Mary should get paid the same amount of salary then as uh, Alison no, from Liverpool? No, absolutely not. But I think you world. put it on the head earlier when you said the world's all about money. And I understand why they're putting females in the punditry box because they want that fella who's Netflix and chilling right. to now eventually have his girlfriend watch the football with him okay. too for more fucking numbers so she can put it on her Instagram. And now there's a loco in the stand so she can go, oh, look, women can have a fucking opinion. That means I can have an opinion. More numbers. I met a beautiful Swiss woman at the back of a bar three months ago who demanded the Formula one was turned on I go what the fuck are you watching that for she goes there was a Netflix documentary Drive to Survive I love it it's all fucking marketing it's not necessarily kind of wokeness it's fucking money generation get the couples to the game they spend more the couple don't go to Paris they go to Old Trafford they get the burger the chips and the beer and it's no longer just the lads but, doing the coke but, but money the, yeah, but the, the, and, and I, I agree with you on that you know the tunnel experience you know they want you to spend fortunes there and make it a match day experience yeah. like the NFL and, but yes. also what they've forgotten about or they've just charged right through and not give a shit about which if you were paying attention and again my sport is, is football um in COVID, I was coaching in League One and League Two, and I seen the devastation of the local communities in terms of people not being able to get to the game for their mental health and scream for their team and cheer and cry and ride that wave of emotion and then go back to work Monday and work a job they hate to release steam again at the weekend. And also... But they don't own the clubs, so we're holding on to a false reality. But what it, what is a football stadium? It's traditionally viewed as like a cathedral or a replacement okay. for a so, church. So it's what not we, now. What, now what, it's a commercial fucking okay. WWE Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, break the fucking glass, don't call stone or well, bollocks. We're, see, we're seeing that creep in in terms of people Marcus fighting t-shirts. Marcus Rashford plays for United, wise. Like, it doesn't Lee matter Sharper what Rashford. we think of Marcus Rashford. To, to do what he did and use his profile the way he did is an honourable thing. Got done, didn't he? He ended up getting a load of people school meals that maybe wouldn't have got them had he not used his profile. So regardless of what What about when he started writing kids' books, though? Well, again, look, people people do that, don't they? You know, David Walliams has done it, Frank yeah, Lampard's done it. You know, he's not the first person to do that and, and try to maybe monetize, you know, Captain Tom. You know, the, the people try to monetize certain things. So I can't say it's down to the public or the people who go on the GoFundMe's and click through what they do with their hard-earned money. You know, occasionally the media shine a light on something and we get a big swell of... Um, but if it's doing good... You know, I mean, you know, Captain Tom's family have got a fantastic extension and a few uh, gym complexes and a sauna and that there. So look, it's it's been great for them. Yeah, no, a no, lot of the, the rest of that for me is complete emotion. It's complete emotion. It's watching him. It's watching him be compared to Dennis Law the minute he gets a brace. Even well, again, just right. having watched the team for twenty years, I know. So, that so this there's guy's a few things which, which this is why I have, uh, you know, to say I have a fantastic input because I've kind of lived and competed against these boys and I've seen the change from a drinking culture into a really professional, really sterilised, toe the party line because if you don't, it affects sales. So, and it sales at everything and cancel culture kind of coming onto that. And luckily enough, I've, I've earned enough to see, you know, and I still 
interact with a lot of things that I grew up interacting with. I, I don't need a lot to survive. I'm, I'm quite a simple man. Yeah, what do you um, do with your money then? I've, I've invested quite wisely. What do you invest in property? No, I, I've got uh, enough properties without being a, uh, do you do any a landlord. Do you do any crypto? No, no, I, I didn't. I, that Even wasn't when for John me. Terry and I started doing yeah, the not NFTs. for me. Yeah, no, not for me. I didn't. I, did, I can't make sense of if I, you know, I, I use common sense, so I couldn't. I'm like, what am I buying there? Bricks and mortar, I can see. You know, what, certain things I can see. I was like, what am I buying? And what happens if the internet gets turned off or someone says that's gone, which is the turning out? There's not really fucking much you can do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I like, you know, and again, I've I've bought resource in the past, bred resources, so I've spent money. I've had a punts in the past. I've played solicitors' fees and uh, damages and you know, etc. And I don't have an attachment to money. It's kind of easy come, easy go because I never had it growing up. It didn't well, set me happiness the around it. The gambling, addicted or just love it, gives you more of a rounded just, just, interest. Just love it. It's very, so, it is fun. Did you ever do an NFL Sunday? Yeah, I used to love it. Oh. I, I've lost touch with the NFL because, like anything, the horse racing. I used to have all the bloodlines. I'd read all the books. I'd have diagrams and be trying to study up on, on everything. And it's your boys, you know, the, your boys, the Coolmore lads who've, who've absolutely cornered that market. Um, and for me, it was to trying to understand stuff. And I got into horses through betting on them and having a coupon. And then I fell in love with the animals and the breeding and the selecting and racing them. And then it became, you know, I had 10 years there and I, and I loved it. I met some fantastic people from all different manner and walks of life. Um, and I loved it. But... Did you ever meet Harry Finlay? I met Harry, yeah. As I say, you know, went to watch the French Derby. My mate was riding in that. Came, you know, um, came close to, to winning that when I was out there. Met Cassius Clay, the family who owned the 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 Cassius Clay yeah. family. How did you end up owning the horse with Bizarro? You didn't uh, even play them. We both had a vet who, who, who vetted horses for us um, called um, Adam Driver, who who bought for Claudio. Claudio had a big stud operation in Peru and in Argentina. He was really into it. I think he'd had family um, who'd been into it before him. Um, and we ended up both liking a similar ho- a, a couple of the same horses in at an auction, and we felt it was going to get too expensive. So instead of both going at it and competing, we said whatever it costs, we'll go fifty fifty. You know, when you publicised your bets after you got the ban, which yeah. I agree with you on. When when there's a shirt sponsor that is gambling and Sky have a partnership, it doesn't make sense to punish the players. That's essentially confirming that your gladiators that are used for our entertainment, um, but. Why were you backing against your own team when you weren't playing? Was that just that need and that competitor in you that didn't want them to win no, when you weren't playing? No, it was just the way I felt the result was going to go. When but did I, you it, support a team when you were injured or dropped? It, it didn't make a difference to me. So, I, I, if the team won, I won because we got more points. If the team lost, I still got paid. Now, now I'm not. I'm saying when I was in great teams and great environments. Do you see the humour behind it, though? Well, well of course. Putting so, a monkey on Newcastle to lose because you're injured is fucking hilarious. Well, I, well I've, I've, I've got to go the game, and we're playing Chelsea at home, and I'm like, I've got a betting account, and I'm thinking, if I win, Chelsea will probably beat these today, especially if I'm not playing. And I'll have a bet on them. Not for anything other than when I bet on the NFL tomorrow or the horse racing tomorrow, There's just uh, that's just an easy 500 quid because I'm injured and we've got two injuries and Chelsea are even money to beat us, the, and the team hasn't been the, named the yet. The funniest bet of all time is laying Samaras, uh not to score. Was that just... I can't even remember. It was like for a fiver, though, so yeah. I can't even remember what it is. I was playing round in the early part of Betfair with the markets, you know, backing and laying. Why didn't you just do a cash? Well, I, I thought he had... No, because you're just messing around on the exchanges. Did, did you not know you're going to get cut if you're doing it online eventually? You can't gamble. Because when we first... So when we first started into gambling, we were in the bookshops and that at 14. When we first started gambling online, when Betfair first come on, there was no 
there was no such thing as online gambling. Betfair kind of invented it in this country, so there was no rules around online gambling. So I had this account from being, before I was a player, I didn't make me debut until 20, I had this account from being 17, because it was online gambling where you could play the bookie, that was the whole point of Betfair. So you could obviously be sitting in the house and, you know, have a bet on the tennis or the rugby or the rugby league or whatever, fussy if, it was, if, it, if you were in the, in the pub. And then because of this technology, the rules started getting tightened and tightened. So initially, the first rule set came in and they said, right, you can't bet on your team. And then it was, you can't bet in your league. And then it was, you can't bet. So these, these came like every six months, 12 months, 18 months, because someone had do something and there'd be a match that was dodgy or whatever and they'd tighten the, the, the legislation. So after about four years, it's eventually like you can't bet on anything to do with you. Now, bear in mind, for four or five years, I've just bet where I want and I thought, I'm only having a footy coupon, five. They know I'm on X tens of thousand a week. They're not going to be asked about a £500 single or a £25 five-team hacker on a Saturday or a Sunday. You know, they know it's not me saying I'm going to get yellow card or get sent off or kick it out. Mason and a few of the lads admitted to doing it in a cup final and never got any any comeback yeah. on it where at that point you could bet on the first throw in and they, you, laugh, you laugh at that you know and there's loads of lads who've come afterwards and uh, you know Ivan and Tony this weekend obviously Daniel Sturridge Trippier etc etc where they've obviously given sort of an uncle a nudge or a wink to say I'm going to move yeah was to there here. ever any of that Do you no have because there was never any fucking market for any of my transfers you know was there so, never a market for a booking no Possibly, Bart yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, evens. yeah, it will have been, yeah, it wouldn't have been day. fucking evens. I put a rather large bet on the fucking dart, Smith v Dolby, and I was, Smith lost 4-0, he didn't look like he was trying, but does he have the boys in wherever, Middlesbrough, Bradford, all these places, because Snooker got done for that, well, yeah, Barry Hearn yeah. Sport, all yeah. Them, yeah, his dart's not full of fixing. Well, it, it, the margin of error won't be like if you're. It comes down to the doubles at yeah. the end of the day. It's 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 millimeters. So the guys who are getting five grand who go out in the round of sixty four, surely they're deliberately losing fucking four 0 to MVG to get everyone a bit. But of but again, usually the betting companies are right on this. They have software algorithms, whatever that alert them to this. So that's how I got collared. Was I'd had a bet on I think um, Celtic to lose by over four and a half goals after they'd beaten us in the old firm, and Barca had done them either six or seven one or something. So we got paid out on over three and a half goals, which was quite low, four and a half, five and a half. It was like, you know, might have been 700 quid a one. You know, it was just like this. They're not as good as what they, they perceived at the minute. Yeah. They're, good, they're better than us, clearly. But obviously, and, and, and then somebody at uh, Paddy Power alerted the Scottish Federation. Now, bear in mind, I'd done lots of stuff with Paddy Power over about a 10-year period. We'd actually gone out to uh, their offices in Ireland and done speeches for them and presentations. But because I was at Glasgow Rangers, I got absolutely nice on them. I was like, you fuckers. So, and I grew up, I'll show you the yeah. I take it you're Celtic, not, you're not yeah, a Rangers. No, no, neither, really. Well, what do, you, what do you mean? There's no such thing if you're an Irishman who doesn't support Celtic or Rangers. That's just kind of a British generalisation. I uh, thought you, well, you support Man United. United. All right. Keen, Irwin, McGrath, that kind of... So you, you grow up in that era where Ireland are good at fussy because you're coming out the back... I just grew up Eric Cantona had his collar popped on a fucking TV screen against Leeds well, and well, a fixture in 97 and I'm just bought into the romance of the Manchester United story. This optimism and this You've sense... You've got the Beckham or Alice Band almost look there, I mean, you can see it. You, you're wearing it quite well. When, the, he, when, he, when he first started getting it back... Which yeah, but I'm going for more of a... Mine would be more kind of Texan. It wouldn't yeah, be Beckham. Interstellar. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Beckham guy. He right. fucking wrecks my head, man. To be honest with you, you. Have to, I played against Bex only in the classic in uh, France, and I had so much respect for him after the uh, the game. Like he was a I top thought you guy. said you were never into the Beckham brand. 
I wasn't, and I think, you know, all the sarong, and when you watch a documentary, he was a good player. Yeah, but what about the fact that he spent his last seven or six years actually just being shy? Well, it must be tough, as um, I think Emma Raducanu's finding out, um, to be a fashion icon, be in demand and get more money from the endorsements as from the competition. Beckham was... You know, I was watching the other day about George Best, and then obviously everyone said George, the fifth Beatle. How Genuinely can you stay sexy, normal, though? though? Genuinely yeah. sexy. Yeah, but if you're going out and Miss World is on, the, like, how can Beckham you stay? Beckham was a shag of Miss World. So Beckham's was more of a kind of embarrassing form of selling out. No, no I'm, 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 I'm saying to you in terms star. of, like, as it progresses down. So you've got Georgie Best, okay? And then he does what he does, and obviously doesn't ever. He was retired at what, 28, 29, 27? It's essentially finished at that age, but he still was He was playing skag games at Rodney Marsh Which and went, all going to the When Aztecs I speak to all. people of a certain year, like Best was the, 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 you know, was the man. He, he was probably the was the greatest player talent wise ever to play in, in Britain. I'm only seeing videos of him, so it's hard for me to say something I've watched. Scored on a over video. 30 from the wing once. Well, season, no, one record, no one records your shit games, did he, on video? It's only your good stuff. But statistically, for, as a winger, he was doing fucking wild shit in the mm. mid 60s. And then winning the European pitches Cup. where they could kick yeah, fuck out And a well. Ballon d'Or and all this real yeah. unique shit. He was really doing crazy things, Georgie Best. But, but then the thing that always gets leveled at that, that, that caliber of player is what you do in a World Cup. What you do? He's from Northern Ireland. Well, again, so, so again, there's people who suffer because they haven't played for a big nation or a nation capable of winning um, those big tournaments. I also sometimes think you can judge what someone did. Well, based if Messi off... didn't win the World Cup, he'd never be considered. For me, he always was. For me, from twenty, the, the year he got ninety-two. Fuck it, it's that, over. That's for you right now because you remember him. But in twenty years' time, your kids, or in forty years' time, your kids' kids. Won't they go? We never won a World Cup because he's won it. You can now have the Maradona comparison, and I think people who've seen Messi play will will. But then you have to look at the rule set and the pitches and the physicality and the tackles. You're playing as Messi. Uh, no. You ever met him? No. I think you know who you are. No. Do you not know? I We're not going to oh, Joey Burton. He show no. us. He show us the crowd. No, you don't. You don't. You With don't. The verbals. That's a pretty famous. Yeah. Thing. He might. I think you know your name. No, I, d I don't think so. Um, so you need fucking Aguero. Yeah, I, don't, I, I still know. Like, know he you. probably just about knows Aguero. When you're that big, you don't. You're not asked no, about he's the plebs. With Aguero. I think uh, there's a god children involved there. I'm telling you, you're there, not asked about the plebs when you're that big. You don't give it. Like, I, remember, I would. I think I would, Ronaldo knows your name. Yeah, because I played against Ron Ronaldo about five or six times. I think so, if you died tomorrow, Ronaldo goes, Jorginho. I just put a Joey Barton. Yeah, but I think so, yeah. yeah. Because I've played against him. I marked him for England in the 21s at Goodison for 45 minutes. I've done a number on him. And then I played against him in about five or six. Do you think uh, he's Manchester so detailed Darby's. and psychotically dedicated that he'd even remember the under-21s marking? Do you think he's that fucked? I, I just think, well, do you remember what happened to you when you're 21, 22? Yeah, but I haven't had the experiences he's had. He, if you're scoring as many goals as him, there's so many dopamine hits. Yeah, surely possibly, some yeah, get lost. Yeah. Well, surely you remember if someone kicks fuck out of you. Where are you kicking the fuck out of him, though? Well, I had to. And was Otherwise, he and did, was he brave about it? Was he getting up? He's six foot two, so like I'm only five ten, so you know I don't. He's no shrinking violet. But he wasn't afraid. He, he wasn't afraid of your. Well, I marked Ricardo Quaresma in the first start in in the in the second half. Uh, marked Ronnie in the first half, and um, obviously got yellow carded. So then he switched Quaresma over, who at the time had just signed for Barcelona, he was, and was the hottest better, prospect. He? Yeah, and and I managed to get through the second half uh, without getting a yellow card, and we lost. To a handball, late from a free kick, two one, and I scored in the game. You scored Postiga, and who got the other one? 
It might have been Hugo Viana, I think. Who, Went to Newcastle, Nate. Yeah, he was but Mendes' like, original that team, there was like Bruno Alves, there was yeah, um, freak, Raul Morales. Um, I, I've got the team sheet, obviously, because I've got my under-21 cap and the team sheet. And Portuguese is were just on the cusp of a golden generation, which we later see in. So yeah. we, we played at Bristol Rovers. We played Porto in a friendly, and uh, lucky enough, we were out at the same time. And Pepe was phenomenal with our lads. And he's obviously at the back end and been, you know, gets a bad reputation because you know in terms of sending offs he's way further down the uh sending off uh thing than me and i always remember the guy where, where he just volleys him on the floor and i think hell, you know my man city moment weren't fantastic but if they'd done that i think they'd have sat and died me i don't think i'd have played again do you ever think if you stayed at city and obviously didn't have such a kind of um they fucked me i'm gonna fuck them and took the offer after you battered Dabo, even though he kind of looks like he's wearing a fucking piece of sellotape in one of his yeah, eyes. It was a piece of sellotape. It really yeah. doesn't look like. And, it. The, and the tough thing about that is, some people tell a story because obviously when they do podcasts and people ask them about me, when you you know they, they tell stories and they weren't there, like like so they obviously it's like Chinese whispers and the it gets glorified and almost like Quentin Tarantino fucking scene in the movie. <laughs> look, it was a, a as used to happen quite often in those days. Train, you trained how you played. You know, it's different now because it's becoming a bit of a non-contact I know, you got a straightener with him, though. That wasn't going through a training. Yeah, but we, that was a full-on we, we were training how we played. We were, there was a Manchester derby coming up. And, and you were competitive over the position. The group he three friends He, he weren't going to play yeah. and he was not happy about it. And, you know, you know, it wasn't going to plan for him. And, and obviously, you know, training gets a little bit spicy at times. And it had done, it, it has, it had done my whole career. And it, it ended up that day in verbals and it should have been put to bed on the verbals but for some strange reason was Pierce reason, the gaffer? Pierce was did the gaffer did he nearly enjoy that shit because he was a guy no he hated it no he hated it that, that's all that's all an act with Pierce as, as it, anyone who watched the England semi England Euros game where Basil Bowley butts him in the tunnel like like Roy Keane's a loon you'd have to you'd have to think do you have a relationship with Keane? No, we've we've competed against each other lots of times. More when Roy was coming towards the end, and he'd, he'd kind of change into a defensive midfielder rather than when he was in his pomp box to box. Phenomenal footballer, phenomenal player, and really good human. It kind of it brave stands up for what he believes in. The, See again, I, I, but I, when he left Saipan, the whole like half the well, nation again, turned. Well, again, I was just going to say that to you. Like um, he was right. But, There's but, a divide in Ireland. But again, it, so I always remember going back to Blackie. He always told me about a club he'd been at where he had a fantastic and and the chairman was been a bit of a dick in the papers and he ended up telling him in front of all the people that he felt he'd been a bit of a dick and he got sacked within five minutes to tell them and he said I felt great for five minutes and then I got I had to get out the building and I let everyone down. For me, Ireland playing in a World Cup is a rare thing as we're finding out now. You know, in, in the current Stephen Kenny era of Irish football mm. uh, under twenty one. Sam would just connect so well with the Irish. He's nation. not Irish. He's English. Jackie Charlton, I get. Like, like, but, but again, now I think there's, you know, you've got to, I think an Englishman should manage England and an Irishman should, I, I don't agree with at international level foreign coaches. Although there was it a time where I felt England should have gone and get like a Mourinho, yeah. but then Capello and not under, and I go, do you know what? When the push comes to shove, if I'm an Englishman and, and I'm at a World Cup final and I'm playing Ireland, even though I've got Irish heritage, I'm an Englishman. I was, and, and I never ever wanted or couldn't have played for Ireland, Scotland, Wales, or whatever. But I wouldn't have because I never saw myself as. Even though I, I knew my family, and a, you know, I'm, I'm a scouser, I'm a bit of a mongrel in that regard. 
and I knew there was hands across the water. And you know, well, that's why England don't really. But I never felt Irish. The people who play football, the working class, have always been subject of immigration. I felt like the establishment let them down. So the best at what they do don't play for England like they do at club level. Well, well, well if you look at the golden era, that's what it was dressed up he, as of English football. Working like, class guys who don't feel English. That's why they weren't Irish. But you know, like the Northern lads, Manchester United lads, kind of had the Man United thing going on. There's like a North and South divide in the country, which we've just seen absolutely shown to us by our government with the HS2 just going, yeah, we're going to chop that off there. So pretty much after Nottingham, it's kind of north and south, all right? And then you've got, obviously, the, the wilderness in East Anglia and Cornwall who, you know, they're doing their own thing. But pretty much up until Birmingham um, and Nottingham, that's considered the south to us. And, and if you go back into your kind of when the Vikings came and it was Mercia and Wessex and all that, and when you look at it, you know, the, the landscape won't be too far off that. Now, the North has always, um, for me, you know, when it's Man United and Liverpool, I know there's great London clubs, but Manchester United and Liverpool, certainly in our it's country, the biggest England, game in English football. Well, the, the, that's the biggest game. Yeah. So, you know, and, and in those communities are lots of Irish families and, and obviously growing up on it and seeing the, the IRA bomb Warrington and kill Tim Paddy, who's an Evertonian, seeing... The Arndale get blown up and, and then Liverpool never, ever being touched by the IRA, seeing what happened in Birmingham, seeing what happened in London and feeling that because Liverpool being an Irish immigrant city, you know, mm. very multicultural, but a big, you know, everybody's, you know, connected to football, you know, Celtic, you never walk alone and Liverpool is, is you know... Even your biggest cultural Everton export. John, Le John Lennon's a paddy, you know what I mean? Everyone. John, and every McCarthy. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, for, for us, I don't know, it's kind of a weird place, Liverpool, in terms of it doesn't see itself as part of England. I know we are and if Thatcher had a way, she probably would have had it, cut us off and pushed us out into the, uh, into, into the towards the Isle of Man, you know, and, and, and in many ways she did yeah. <laughs> without doing that. Um but then there's just been this rebellious nature to the people. This, um, and I think it it it's a it's a cause for good. It's like when you spoke about Anthony Walker. There, it kills me because I've got lots of great mates in this city who are from all different backgrounds. And as I say, fortunately, because of the sport I played, it allowed me not to see colour. But I I've seen people and I've met people who who, who are racist and, and clearly have acted and, and done mad shit. If they were given the opportunities I was given via sport or further education it's just, there's or nothing music, sad, there's nothing sadder than seeing a Liverpoolian fall for the um, false opponent that the elite wants you to have. A, a, a white Liverpoolian who is an Irish, as you said, a mongrel in a racial, a racial. It's just such a waste of time. Mm. It it doesn't make sense. It's essentially turning on your own. Yeah, it's like the way John Lennon claim whatever women are the whatever of the world you know n-word in a way scousers were that of england and it doesn't matter what color you are forget all that <laughs> shit we're in the same community and again it never like, fight it, each other it's like peter k my great friend my great mentor who taught me emotional intelligence and I'm, you know i'm still practicing every day to get better at that but he he, he turned the light on in me because you know i, I was growing up on a council estate if you're the best footballer that's enormous credit, like in the bank. And if you're half decent at fighting, would you have been a bully? You're brave. From time to time, yeah, for sure, yeah. Well, you had to to survive. If you weren't a bully, you got bullied like that. That was. In well, would you ever gone out of your way to have a go with the guy who was no threat? 
just just no, I, just mocking a guy for just being unathletic no, and fucking. It sounds bad. I I do have honour amongst kind of thieves in terms of you know have I gone over the top at times in my life? Yeah, absolutely. Far too. We we look back now and I go, and I think fucking hell, I was lucky because I I didn't cause any real you know, long-term damage. And there's also times where I've had a fucking paste and fucking you tell, hell, I could have You tell that career. story about that you, you, you were trying to batter a guy, you were trying to steal his bike and he was having to go back to you like some kind of little dweeby character and then your old man gave you a paste and for bullying. No, no, what happened there was there was a kid who, this kid would constantly provoke you, all right? So he'd like throw things at you and, but he'd do it from a distance and he was really quick so you could never catch him. Um, and then eventually, after like every three months or whatever, you'd just walk around the corner and he'd be there and you could close the distance on him and you'd give him a couple of dead arms and a couple of dead legs. And then that's like when you're like 12, 13, because he was just a little bit younger, uh, a little bit younger, a bit cheekier. Then you got this kid as, as you get into 14 or 15, now getting even cheekier. So what happened was we've given a little bit too much of a roughing up. I'm not saying he didn't, would never have required stitches. And he's gone home to his mum and told his mum, and his mum's gone round to my house and knocked on, on the house because his mum was like a police woman or something. <laughs> so my dad then, my dad was bullied as a kid. So that was the first time I'd ever kind of crossed that bullying, real bullying line. And I must have been 13 or 14, and I got a pasting. And that was the only time I ever crossed it before. And I know people have called me a bully, and on a football pitch and in a training ground, I could be. Do you think the Tandy thing was bullying? No, absolutely not, no. But because he was so beneath you within the environment you no, were in. No, absolutely not. No, th- th- again, misconception because the way the story's told. Um, you know, I had Nadam tell it the wrong way the other day because he wasn't there. He wasn't even on the night. Your man, Anahua. Yeah, well, he's a year. He's about three years younger than me. So me and I was twenty at the time. Tandy's like at nineteen. So we was we played in the same youth team. It's only six months between us. So I've known him since under 16, 17s. And as I say, he's from Wivenshaw. He's a rough and ready lad. And he was like Rooney, like a bit of a bull as a kid. So could defend the space he stood up in. And and as I say, we were. I was dressed, there's a common misconception. I was dressed as Jimmy Savile. That wasn't Danny Mills, the, the, the guy who claims he's whiter than white, was dressed as Jimmy Savile because at the time that was a fancy dress as probably wouldn't go in 2024, but at the time... This was pre-necrophilic. Well, yeah, I think everybody knew he was a wrong one. Like, yeah. You only had to watch a Louis Farouk documentary or just look at him intently for a prolonged period to say, don't leave him around anybody who's vulnerable um, because he's a creepy Were bastard. you around any sex abuse in the, in the year in Liverpool? Was there any... Uh, no, no. Was there I, none, no? I, I, no, I, I didn't see it. Like, so I think it happened to the generation just before me, it looks like. It looks like it was like the decade... Like the 15 years before uh, my age group. So, you know, as I say, you sometimes win the BF lottery. I don't think from what I gathered, I, somebody like me would have been targeted. You know, an outspoken, big-mouthed, aggressive, uh, you know, youngster. I think they target, from what I gather, what it seems, the more, you know, as, as, as any perverted person would do, they, they have a, a modus operandi. So I didn't, I didn't face that. So Tandy... We're on this night out, and it started with Robbie Fowler, Paul Bosfeld, and a few others setting each other's fucking costumes on fire. And we were in a bar inside um, the print works, and um, Jamie said, I had the Sergeant Peppers, me, Les Chapman, James Black, and I can't remember who else had Sergeant Peppers on, like the silk with the tassels. So we set me costume on, fire. Now, 
I had only rented it, so I I'd obviously lost my deposit, which wasn't a big thing, like 50 quid, 100 quid or something at the time, playing in the first team, no problem. And um, we then, he then, um, I set him on fire, sorry, I did start it, he was dressed as a soldier, I set him on fire and he had a soldier's outfit on and I didn't know it was rented, so he was furious, I'd done him. I'd been done by somebody else and I'd got him, so so in essence, in that, I'd started it. He burnt me back um, in the bar. Oh, sorry, he never burnt me back in the bar. That's right. I burnt him. He never burnt me back in the bar in the fancy dress. Two hours later, we've gone back to the hotel, got changed. We've had a meal into our civvies, like, like a, I had a polyester, like nylon white shirt on. And we're in another nightclub now. And Millsy was smoking a cigar, dressed as Jim, uh, Jimmy Savile, but he'd had cigars. He's no longer dressed as Jimmy Savile, but he's still smoking the cigars. We're sitting at the table and I just feel my back on fire. And obviously Tandy's wasted and wasted and got me back here, which is fair enough. But because I had this Prada shirt on, it was just like fucking candy floss. It's up. So by the time I've got up, I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And I've ended, like the lads are like patting you down. And I've looked like that. And to be fair to Tandy, he's like standing, you know, as you do, looking the other way as if it fucking weren't me. He, I don't think he planned on it going up as much as he did. He just wanted to get me back, which is fair enough. And there's an ashtray with the, um, with the cigar in and that, in the finger getting burnt. I've thought, for some bizarre reason, this will be a good idea to stump the cigar out on the back of his head because he's looking away as if I haven't done this. Makes no logical sense that today, Michael, as a 41-year-old father of four, but at the time, 22, full of drink, been on it all day, uh, you know, 20 or whatever it was, um, it made, made, you know, made sense. As I've gone to do it, he's turned to see, he must have felt me coming and turned, and as he's done it, I'm already committed to the side of all back of his head and he's turned and it's got the eyelid and obviously, luckily, I haven't caused Is him... it a big deal though? Yeah, it, of course Did it, it is. Did it cause any blindness well, of any sort? No, he had a massive scab on his eye, but it could have done. So it could have been disastrous and I could have blinded the kid. Luckily, he ended up singeing his eyebrow and the top of his eye thing here. So I was very, very so fortunate. So there was no damage to eyesight? No. So why is this story even spoken about when because it comes it, to like Because when effect? you say it in the context of Joey Barton being stubbed someone's cigar out in the eye, that's the headline. And it's, it's, it's almost like I've pinned his head down, I've put him in some kind of uh, Roman torture device and, and held this, I burnt him. You know, like when people burn the soles of people's feet to get the safe combination. Have you ever had depression? Probably. But have you ever felt like killing yourself? No, I think my ego is too big for that. Did I not hear you once say a thing about thinking about what would it kill you if I jumped out the window and all? Yeah, I've, 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 I've contemplated it. Like, logically, I try to think things through. Okay, what would you do here? And I remember there's been bouts where, you know, you've almost got down and prayed and, and then I just remember thinking how dare you like you there's, there's so many pe- more people out there more deserving than for you've caused this yourself fucking man up and figure your way out of it like I, I don't believe in medication or being medicated now so when you say you've, you've contemplated it logically what do you mean you've thought about like yeah like what would this mean how, how would you do it what would happen so I always think like I think to be aware that you it's the one kind of thing we all have in common, that you're going to die. So all the shit we're talking about, Tandy, Iniesta, at the end of the yeah. day, in 200 nonsense, years, yeah. me and you yeah, are nonsense. fucking waste of time yeah, nonsense, and space. Yeah. That's a terrifying thought. No, it's a liberating thought. It's liberating, but then how do we convince ourselves to give a shit about the other shit so consistently? Does it not sound like a you weird don't, game? You've just got to try your best, do your best. 
the great the, the great stoics be aware, like don't try and be perfect this is this is what I get with people within a society well, now you spend your life trying to be perfect that would be the trying to be of better your... no trying to be good trying to do good even in school I remember I was trying to try, try, I wanted the teachers to like me I wanted to do well in the classes I want, and then I'd fucking get bored and I'd but get but would you admit that you couldn't take criticism it's tough to take criticism. Is um, that not the pursuit of perfection in a way? I think it's. I think I. I have taken criticism my whole life. That's what being a, a, a footballer. Yeah, but is. outrageous criticism, and it seems like you lashed out because you couldn't take the minor criticism. Well, what what is outrageous criticism like? Like causing a media storm, which they're accusing you of being a genuinely immoral person, as, oppo- <laughs> as opposed to because that avoids the article that says Joey Barton just doesn't have the technical ability. Okay. In a way, I think that would hurt you more than saying Joey Barton's a hooligan and that's why he's not getting another cap. Fabio Capello says he's not worth it, he's a ticking time bomb. So that hurts you less than saying at the end of the day he's not that good. Because you didn't there. choose that. Because well, you like to be in control of your criticism. Doesn't everybody? Less well, obviously. Well, does, does everybody like people saying bad stuff to them or about them? Or would you rather people say? But nice does the sweet and tender hooligan rebel tag nearly a safety net to avoid the reality that you probably weren't as good as, as certain people at football? Um, what you, I'm fine with that. I, like I, I reached a, a a standard of football that I am more than happy with. If I die tomorrow, like I'm cool with it. Like I think I done fantastically well with with the with the ability I had. Don't forget, I only made my professional Premier League debut at 20 years of age. Like I was a late late developer and when I was 14 to 19 people didn't think I was going to play in the football league for for a large part of that era like I was a real late bloomer and I think my tenacity and the edge I had got me into position and I knew I don't know how you know these things, but I knew if I kept following it and I kept sacrificing and I kept putting the work in, it would bear fruit. Now, there's loads of people who've who've probably had the same mindset as me, same determination, same optimism, um, and that if something's come along and not made that. So I kind of become... A self-fulfilling prophecy in that regard. You ended up in a Morrissey video, of course you did. Yeah, well, Mo- just yeah, as a, yeah. Like, like, I yeah. mean, that that's better than half your career, just as an achievement, as a credit. Yeah, you're, well, you're in a Morrissey video as a protagonist. Um, fortunately, he thinks I'm okay enough to to ask me to do that, and I feel like incredibly honoured that somebody who I admired growing up and I know he didn't make as much impact on me as I know he did on my uncle Tom, and allowed him to be the person that he is today and feel the way he is and, and maybe stop him from doing something crazy like yeah. killing himself because it wasn't okay in, in the 80s and 90s to be gay in height and in a working class You're fully gay family. nature as opposed to there's a degree in nurturance to it I think everybody's an in, I think everybody's bespoke so everyone's an individual in that regard some people you know nature some people might be you know natured into you know they could go either way I don't know I'm, I'm not a gay man um, some people clearly it's nature it's just that you know they were born a certain way how ungay are you? I don't know I've never tried it so I don't know you, but would it make you sick the thought of like I, I, I've got lots of great mates who are male um, but it, you know it's, it's, I'm quite a simple man I'm quite a conservative man when it comes to, to that I wouldn't like threesomes and all that wouldn't bother me and if you know what, even at when I was doing really well like stuff comes a bit easier to you it was never for me were you ever one of the simple. footballers who was using the prostitutes? No, I don't have that illness. I have many illnesses. Um, drink had caused problems, and obviously, you know, the gambling and over- fighting and th- the women one. It wasn't for me. Did and you feel I, it was pathetic to pay for sex? 
I mean, no, there has to be a I, I can see from, you know, from a transactional standpoint, I can see why people do it. It's like betting. It's like eating Burger King. It's like eating McDonald's. You know, do you I can think see why prostitution is abuse of women and the result of the patriarchy? Do you think that they make a good living? That's up to them. They're selling the body. It's the uh, oldest craft in the world. Or do you think that it's, it's I like rotten? the way you went scouse for, scouse <laughs> no, for do, that. Do you know what I mean, um, though? Well, well, do, you, again, do you understand how there's a misogyny underpinning? Is it not a woman's choice to use uh, the tools at her disposal? Same way it's a man's choice. Like, obviously women... No, because men um, control the world and objectify women and they have to be sexualized in order to make it, as we kind of touched on earlier, even to make it in the corporate world, the makeup was expected. Now you have female artists, any female music. They're, they're not Van Morrison. Yeah, but we they're have Beyonce to accept... and they're Dua Lipa swinging their ass and fanning around the uh, microphone and that's why you were downloading yeah, the there track. Is, there is an Adele who doesn't really glamorize. Seen her now? Yeah, I know, listen, she, well, you can't blame her for, for, for taking care of herself. Like, I don't think it's a health thing. It's an insecurity thing, and at the end well, of the day... Well, she's just got a new husband, and she probably wants uh, look glamorous for him. And why can No, anybody, she like, kind of took this time off, because at the end of the day, although her tunes were magnificent and brilliant, those first two albums, it got to a point where she was reading too many comments saying the state of her, well, the fat listen, ginger. I, I love Adele. We um, all do. I prefer Adele um, when she was raw, but then, you know, you can't knock her for becoming oh, no. a superstar. She's allowed to lose the weight. But the hair has gone blonde. The lips have got filled in. That's what every global superstar does. Look at um, even Beckham. He's got that. Looks like he's had about four hair transplants. I like the kind back. of uh... like who, who, every man. Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt. Look like you, that's the, the the image is the business. So you can't blame Adele. She's going to be album covers. You talk to Chris McCune. He spoke a, about the the, the Judy Dench head though. Well, again, that is another way of doing it. Um, you know, Meryl Streep you know what I mean she's probably had the eye hoods done but there's a beauty to watching her actually being 70 but also you know he- Helen Millen Helen Millen you know what a right she is and again you know but, but again some people are prepared to grow old gracefully and look fantastic for it some people and, and maybe it comes back into the ego and they try and defy time and put it off and yes. stay away as you can see from me I'm, I'm trying my bollocks off I've got a forehead like a sharpie eh? Uh, looks like I've, I've been painting and decorating with the uh, yeah. with Artex in the ceiling. Do you get uh, the eyebrows threaded? Come on, do you, are you, you you know I don't. So yeah. I know you know you know I don't. So you do um, nothing facially? No, I'm I'm very much uh, a, a simple man. In, in you know I'm just happy to do be weights? good at football. Uh, I don't uh, do it now. I only did it when I played because it was an important part of me. So know, what, do you do go to the, uh, what do you do to stay in So shape? I've just installed a, a, a sauna in my back garden and a, uh, my mate runs a company called Brass Monkeys, which is a proper ice bath. So I want to get my young'uns. This is, this is people people think, like, I burnt my boats, which is, I'm cool with it and, I'm, and I'll speak my truth and I'm fine with that. But I've got like four kids to bring up and, you know, football takes you away from your kids and your family, certainly when you're a manager and when you put everything in. And I have a duty of care to bring my kids up, and and obviously there's a lot of societal issues, you know, certainly when it comes to race. That whether I want to be involved in these conversations or not, Michael, I, I, they've been forced on me by the tags that have been put on to certain articles. But we started with the question of what do you do to stay in shape? What do I do to so stay in shape? Well, I go running. Um, I, I live a quite healthy lifestyle in terms of you know I'm, I'm active. I play well, golf. You never eat shit, would you? Of course, you know, like anything, you know, I'm epicurean in that regard. You know, the key to life is balance. As an addictive personality, I'm constantly monitoring myself against getting addicted. I got addicted to football. I can get addicted to reading books. I can get addicted to gambling. So on a Tuesday, it. what's breakfast? Just two eggs, a bit of toast? It, it, it usually depends what my wife's cooking. So um, she'll take the kids on the Does school the wife always in the cook? morning. Um, yeah, uh, you know, as I say, quite quite. Because obviously a lot of people way. are now, yeah, a lot of people are throwing allegations. Well, she's just better at it than me. How does the wife put up with them, so to speak? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a question for her to answer. I mean, does she ever hand you your arse intellectually in debate, or do you always? We we we, we talk and, and we communicate and we differ in opinion and like as we've got further into Island? our relationship, um, she will try and watch it from Would time you watch to time. It with her? If it's on and and I'm in there, yeah. But, but you're, you're faking it, though. You, you're well, not... I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch the whole series and be engrossed and engaging. I might be in there, and we might be talking and about you might something. Might have a laugh about a character. So, so I get quite. I have an addictive personality, so I can get into like Ray Mears, right? And yeah. then I'm like building fires in the back garden with flints and trying to work out how you do it. And then I get into like uh, falconry, so I'm like reading all the books I can on falconry, and then greyhounds and like. So I have to constantly put stuff in my way to keep my mind. Occupied. Can your wife psychoanalyze you? Does she know your true vulnerabilities? Yeah, yeah, yeah she's. It's why we, we, we're as strong as we are, and obviously, even the, the turmoil of the, the, you know, the the, the phone call and the what was the story stuff. there? Well, I'd been out on the ale. We had family staying over with us for three or four days in our house in London. We'd had a full. We'd been together. So you're just families. on the piss. You got in a row. Full day, and then we've gone back. We we've went to go back at say I think seven o'clock, and we've ended up turning in three bottles of wine later at ten o'clock which has caused a bit of angst in the household. Not me and my missus, she's really easy going. My wife, which you, you can imagine, she'd have yeah. to be living with me. Ends up with a, you know, a load of pissed people having a slagger match um, and, and then you know, screaming and shouting, pushing and shoving and people fall over. People drunk, get emotional, phone the police and then when the police come, it's like, no, no. Why were the police phoned over a row? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could answer that for Does you. Get I didn't believe it's easier so. because you're Joey Barton, brother of a murderer who's been in jail. And well, has done I'm, I'm a bad before. guy, aren't I? So, like, you know, if I go and open 15 uh, food banks and do 100 uh, charity hospital visits, they don't care. They're not interested in that. The narrative is you Joey just Barton don't, said you don't seem like the guy who hits a woman, though, at all. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't. Otherwise, I'd have been prosecuted for that, wouldn't I? And, and obviously, you can imagine if I hit a woman, the damage that would. Um, it just would feel so terrible it doesn't seem like unless there's like a high level of well concealed narcissism of the ability to lie that you've touched on previously that growing up in that working class community teaches you the the biggest skill is how to manipulate how to lie okay are you an exemplary actor I I, I wish I was um, in terms of I wish I had the ability to lie and I think the, the problem I've got and it gets me in a lot of trouble is I can't like for me my principles, my personality is tied up in what I say. So when I say stuff online or when things happen, it's like when you say like, why, like, why did you use that word? Or Sometimes I use words because I know they deliberately will provoke people because they have a different attachment to words than what I have. Because I'm like, I've had pretty much everything thrown at me. Like, because people want to get under your skin in football stadiums, you know, Physically, I've had objects thrown at me. Verbally, I've had objects thrown at me. As you can imagine, where I've played for some of the clubs have played that and their rivalries. You know, if, if you were sensitive and it's where it's that knowledge of you. our pointlessness, isn't it? You well, need again, that much entertainment. Your life's very entertaining. It's never been quiet. It doesn't matter if you're on a stint at Burnley, you're making sure that you're stimulated by controversy because you, like all of us, know that life's absurd has no meaning. As Albert Camus says, create your own reality and yours is a Hollywood fucking script. It doesn't matter if you're the manager I, I, I of Fleetwood or playing I'm for Marseille. Think it is. Yeah, you're I, just so I mean, good at creating entertainment for yourself to give yourself meaning. What a gift. What a gift. No, it's it's just life. It life just comes at you. Like you're the same. Like you didn't think you'd be doing this. So I would imagine we didn't. I didn't. I, like before a month ago, we didn't even know each other existed. I didn't anyway. Yeah. And then I'm like, my God, this guy's got. 
I've only listened to a, a few of your podcasts, but I'm like, okay, it's a really interesting message. I'm trying to decipher your message. Okay, what is guy trying to say? And obviously, I don't know you well enough, but I'm, but the only way we get to know each other is by discussing. You give me your observations. I give you some of mine. We're never going to agree because you're bespoke to you. You're brilliant in your own way and flawed in your own way, same as I am. Now, some of us are more flawed than others. And usually that comes hand in hand with, if you get a lot of talent, they usually give you a lot of the flaws. They tend not to make the most talented people the most balanced people. Like, it's it's the yin and the yang, isn't it? You know, you, you know, does that manic depressant drive Morrissey to, to write the way he but does? But are you so addicted to the concept of being talented that you've refused to leave it in just football? Because see, a lot of sports stars, they're associated with you're gifted. What an honour that is. See, see, but I don't think I'm... This is the problem is I never th- knew... I, I never knew or thought I was talented. I knew I was good at football. I never knew or thought... Like, I just thought, everyone... As you do as a kid, you grow up thinking, but are you this happens to, keep to that, everybody. That feeling of being the special one that you're given as the guy in Hoyt and you and Stephen Gerrard. No. It, it very few go on to be. No, the rest the, of the lads are sitting in Labrooks now. No, the, 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 And you're this the, well-known life no, figure who's travelled the world. Honestly, growing up, there was there was... Conservatively here, because it's heightens thirty thousand people, I think, and you're tapping Kirby to that. I think it gets up to about forty five, fifty thousand people, and a lot of footballers come out of it because of the social, economical kind of situation, and there's not many options. And you know, if you look at these football, but not hotbeds, many as well known, not many as well. But if you look known. at like South London, there's a football hotbed in in terms of you know a lot of big production, Wilf Zaha, et cetera, et cetera, or, or John Terry and uh, Bobby Zamora's. City, I can't remember the name of it. They had like a mad football team they were attached to. So for me, like you got in in ancient Greece, you know, all this civilization springs out the ground and it's Plato, Aristotle, and you can see the lineage. And I believe society grows great when great people spread messages. Now, for centuries, that was the monarchy in our country or the church, whether that was Church of England or Roman Catholicism in, in your country. So these illiterate Peasants, the serfs, the the people who toll the land, you know, the people who then became abattoir workers, dock workers, uh, miners, you know, the 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 jobs that people of class, the petty bourgeois, the middle class of Britain, who aspire to be the aristocracy, the landed gentry, you know, we're getting now into the ragged trousered philanthropist, and we're getting now into uh, some territory that I'm not well versed in, but but my philosophy tutor. Um, was it was kind of Marxist, and obviously, still the, the the true Marxists still don't believe because they believe you have to work through a kind of feudal system through capitalism and all its advantages, and when eventually exhausts itself into Marx kind of Marxist uh, ideologies. And for me, I'm like, look, I don't know much. I'm just a scruff from Iton, a working class kid who's good at footy and trying to educate myself and going. Do you know if we have proper conversations philosophically and politically? What is the message? You, you said, though, for societies to become great, well, people you, spread message. Do you what know is I was inspired by you today to help broken people um, try to fix up. Now, if that's me getting in an ice bath and showing you, listen, this is my fitness regime. I'm going to get myself in. Everyone's sit- doing the fucking ice bath. Well, shit. I'm just going to record me. So I'm like, look, this is what I do. So I get up in the morning at quarter to seven and I go in the ice bath for three minutes and then I go in my sauna for 15. And I'm just going to go, lads, if you want to get your mind fit, here's Vim Off's breathing technique, which has massively inspired me. Like I'm going to talk, I have the ability, I'm going to go to hopefully to Peru and all this, there's lots of stuff I want to do, but I haven't been able to do because I'm a football manager or a football player. So I want to go and see the world and speak to people and 
go to watch a derby in Uruguay and South America and see River Plate and Boca because I'm a, a football addict. I love football. Now, because I've said women footballers are making a pig's ear of it in the men's game, all right, now the terminology and some of my tone was incorrect and using cunt and bitch and some of the language for me is, is you know, it's mischievous and I can see how it pisses people off and ruffles people's feathers. Yeah, and, cunt and bitch I separate again. Yeah, and I know, I know you do. A couple of, of my mates hate to see you next Tuesday. They're like, please stop saying that. But please. what's the buzz of women's football? You're not going to win anyway. You're not going. You're not going to get the women who, out. Of. Who needs? Who wants to win? I've, I've done what. I've done what needed to be said, which was spark conversation. But are you Irish continuing it? Well, it's a spark conversation. We need to have a sensible conversation about it because there is some good women commentators out there, and there is some so, good so women what do you pundits want? out what there. What do you want? I, th I want the best person for the job to get the fucking job. I want the best candidate. So there's lots of good male white people and male. But didn't we cover how they want to make it a match day experience? You can't the get a job. But didn't we? We talked about why the woman's in there. Have you? Have you ever? It's seen... So Laura watches the fucking game with Brian. Oh, we we okay. talked about it. It's we've so got obvious. That. So you've got your Kelly Cage, you've got your Laura Woods, you've got your presenters who I think can do the job. But when it comes to punditry, so, so they can do the job when they're the pretty face who lets you know when the ad is coming and just feels the question that's pre-planned. But when it comes to an opinion, it can't be a woman. Okay. No, think no, about I'm that. Not saying it can't be. A woman. Of course, this, this it can be Carol Vordman or Rachel Riley. They've their arse out. But the minute it comes to an opinion of someone who actually played, no, it can be Kelly, Clay, Jalor, Whitmore. And this is why we pretty must, faces who didn't play. So, Michael, I must establish this, with you, and it's important we, we we do get the terminology right here because because that is where it's been misconstrued. And I can get why because you get so many syllables and you know a tweet is it doesn't have context and people don't understand the tone it's said in. And sometimes people can take a word as we've both established today a negative or positive word and put their own emotional attachment to it from their perspective. So the only way we get rid of that is by, you know, for me, I use Twitter as a kind of firework bang to stimulate conversation. So since I've been using it in the way I have, I've stimulated conversation. Look, sometimes it's been stimulated aggressively that it wasn't intended to do. It was meant to provoke and maybe... Uh, irritate, but like I put a joke, like the Fred West Rose West comment. I said of, it's and then it was just, just taken way it's out. Just of comedy, though. But it wasn't taken that way. It was taken as like literal, and it, 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 this is the problem we've got with, um, you know, people's attachment to words, and we have to be careful on you know people taking so much emotion. But that's just exaggeration. That's well, that's the like Jay Z does words. that shit. That, that's people different. kill you on words. Yeah, there's like people were phoning people in the UK. I don't know where this was happening in Ireland. But three years ago in 2020, okay, people who were people's neighbours were phoning the authorities out. and saying, Michael's had three walks a day. Yeah, I've yeah. seen him walking this yeah, morning. Yeah, no, no, yeah. So it was like the Stasi. Have you ever seen the, the, the film about the Stasi in East Germany? I think it's called The Walls Have. Yeah, the Lives of Others, it's called. And it's the guy who plays Hitler in, in Downfall, the movie, which is a phenomenal movie uh, about the last but do embers you, of that. But, but do you not think that Frank Lampard knows the woman? It, it kind of doesn't know as much, but he just cracks on with his day now. And I understand why they need to grow their game. We've been ex well, look, excluding the them. game has never been You're stronger. not the only ex-footballer who knows this. And you're, it's, some, it's, it's not necessarily brave. Some of them just are kind of going, we're not arsed with that. Fair enough. Going to say... How do you grow the women's game? Which so is the women's game is growing exponentially off the back of the men's success. Exactly. Okay, so the women's so game you grows... one of them. Like, you place one of them in an advertising well, role. Well, who, Jill Scott. Do you have a problem with Jill Scott doing the Gary Neville and Keane thing? Uh, I, I, that's for them. But look, does, does she but cover... Are you kind of going, she shouldn't be in on that banter? Well, not, no, because for me, you just have to listen to the conversation. So... Initially, let's get Jill in the conversation. But if you've watched any of those and you listen to it, 
you can see episode after episode here confidence and credibility and belief in herself started yeah. to wane. And the reason well, being the is, it's the same way if I went into a, a, an environment where I knew a little bit, but, you know, you know. so I went in about talking about philosophy because I've done a year of a degree. I've never finished it, never got the qualification. And I start t- saying the, the uh, you know, an argument for Wittgenstein and Schopenhauer and and, and, and the, the philosophers, the, the, the people who've spent time, you know, over, over, over a career in there would just, you know, politely look at me the same way you see a Graham Sooness sometimes do or, or somebody. Now, if they do that, and I've seen Jensen Button do it in the Formula One, we spoke about, uh, I think, a Dame Stanica Stewart, and we've seen other sports have similar um, experiences. If they do that, which is basically, what, what you, you, you're not correct. So I believe the pundit role is to educate and inform the audience. If you saw Katie Taylor doing punditry on a boxing match in five years, would you have a problem? Um, on a male boxing match? On, on a, I'm not a boxer, so I'm not qualified to say it. it's the it. same. And, it's the same thing. I, I, your, your I have a problem with women boxers. I, I don't like seeing women fighters. I respect Katie Taylor massively. Well, we don't like seeing men fight either. It's gladiatorial. But, but Society's again, moved on. If, again, I, 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 and it's kind of the man, man boxing selling its arse out. Anyway, the biggest yeah, fight that, in the world now is Paul V. Michael, KSI. That, the let, let, let's be honest. Yeah, that, that's a load of nonsense. But let, let's be How honest. How is that nonsense? Well, the biggest fights in the world will be the UFC belts when it when it's got you a McGregor attached to it or a Khabib attached to it or no, any global. Slowly, icon. we're getting to the point that Logan Paul's fights are bigger than fucking GGGs. Well, again, you know, we're getting to the point where we don't know what's a man, what's a woman. We don't know. Um, we we don't know Men whether we can trust the government. That like, sport, the world's not absurd. Our... If Jake Paul's the biggest boxer, exactly. But it's pub. always been absurd. And footballers aren't as arsed anymore. Jack Grealish doesn't try as hard. See, I, as think fucking that, Ryan I don't think Gates. you can say that. That's tough to say. I, just because they're getting paid more money and do they, they care as much? Of course they do. They'll care exactly the same. You can only care. You can only care to a certain level. Like, where they hear people say, we're going to give 200% today, I'm like, you can't, you're going to give 100%. You can't give any more than 100%. I feel like the modern, even, the, the way the game goes now, and it's so systematic, you all move as one, you cut in, you play it short, it's so tactical and kind of coach now that there well, is they've no They've weaponized, lung. see, this is the problem, the, 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 they've weaponized your opinion of footballers don't give a shit, that that detach from reality because the salaries, and there is players that is, that is correct about, because, like if you give a rock star 300 grand a week or 900 grand a week, it's hard to keep your feet on the fucking ground when somebody gives you that account, that 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 in your bank account. It's tough. As Emma Raducanu was finding out, she's lit up the tennis world and now she can't win a game because, you know, she's had, she she's reached the apex way before she was ready to handle that, which you can't, sometimes life's about, like Rooney, you're saying there, he gets, he gets, into the limelight at 16. He scores in the Premier League against Arsenal at 16 years of age. Like, that is so fucking rare. It's untrue. Like, scary. Now, of course, there's a consequence for that. Cristiano Ronaldo, who's similar age to Wayne, is still playing. Like, Messi's still playing. Now, we have to look at that and go, okay, if we get a Wayne Rooney again, which we inevitably will, it might take us 20 no, years no, or 30 it, it, years to get him. It's factual that the footballers aren't, they aren't as competitive as they used to be in terms of the pride they attach well, to the Well, the footballers have shut down now because if they say anything, they get battered from pillar to post. So they just go, but Jeff even, boycott from, from everything. From a United point of view, we would have got rid of so many of the players 10 years ago if they were performing well, he did like fake. He got rid of Beckham because he became 
and it's the Harry Maguire, for the Luke team. Shaw, Marcus Rashford, these guys are but immovable. You're talking about that's a different Man United. This is you're done, Man United as as Fergie. So you're 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 one of those Man United fans that knows nothing other than success because you're born '93. Did you say? So Man United win the first Premier League in '92, '92-'93 yeah, season. Yeah. So I can remember that. I'm ten. All right, it's ten eleven. So I can remember that because I had all the sticker books and watched all the games, B Sky, sure all the early stuff. As well. So then all you know pretty much, even before you can consciously remember no, United no, is winning, I, winning, I understand, winning, winning. I understand there wasn't always success, but I think it was so avoidable. And I think that um United are to blame definitely for the kind of acceleration. But now of the United, fact that United are mediocre point. compared to the elite clubs that I see Man United, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Barcelona, Juventus, AC Milan, you know, Bayern Munich, United in the like which if, if you were 10 years older my age you know nothing other than Man United being incredibly successful the generation 20 years before can remember you know uh, well, the relegation Ron Atkinson Ron Atkinson two uh, FA Cups uh, that was romantic um, who's great the guy players. Tommy Doherty Ryan Robson was playing and all. There was again you wasn't about, you wasn't dominant like you was after the yeah Busby. but we were still as good as let's say Liverpool wearing the Torres Gerrard era United now were so disgustingly plain and average with no standout figure that it's because unrelatable because your culture's been corroded but Liverpool never got to that point, even with the thirty-year break of so having you know, no. You know what caused that, though. You know the, the break in a United. You're going to say Magner McManus and all that, that shit. That caused it absolutely because up until that point, you had Fergie and David Gill probably running the club the way they wanted to, with the support of the of the of the boys there, and that's probably a fantastic relationship. Then once the Glazers come in. And and there's the falling out in terms of the the, the manner of that falling out. That that cannot have been good for that environment. Are you one of these anti-Fergie people who believes no, that he nearly no, 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 he no, no, nearly no. enjoys United being bad now because he's that much of a narcissist? I'm just like, look, let let's. Do not you be, think that though? Well, let let's let's remember. I watched Fergie's interviews every weekend on Match of the Day, so I can remember him going to war and banning the BBC and all the politics and the propaganda. He was big enough to pull that off, but there's not many, you know, Clough and and Don Revy. And see, I I grew up. I didn't care about any for another. I had an interest in other sports. But you dislike Manchester United just from being the Republican. No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm an Evertonian. Yeah, I understand. The so, p- no, I want... I, I, if I went to school and Liverpool won a trophy, it was hard work for me as an Evertonian. If I went to school and Man United won a trophy and beat Liverpool in the final, that was fucking... I was a Man United. I was like, fucking fantastic. We were all Man United fans, Evertonians, whenever they got into the... Yeah, and United drinking Everton's bar when they're going to Anfield. Well, look, we, we, because anyone who beat Liverpool, it's the, the famous quote of, you know, my... My enemy, um, my friend's enemy is is what is it? Something like that. What is it? My my enemy's friend or something is my friend. You know, in, in times of war, whatever it is, and and that's the same for Evertonians. Anyone who beats Liverpool for Evertonians, like Liverpool's biggest game. I hate to say this, and the Evertonians will go mad. Is Man United in the country? It's the the derby's massive, but the the season and the rivalry is Liverpool Man U, and similarly, I play for City in the Manchester derby, and now City are. Uh, Better than Man United. Do you take pride in that as if you're part but, of the city thing? Man United didn't see us as the derby. It was always Man yeah. United, Liverpool. What do you make of the city legends now who weren't part of the dominance who take pride in city winning leagues if they're associated but, but with But also, I can remember City. Do you, with, so, do you look at City winning now going, I played for them? I'm, I take pride in that. I, I'm buzzing to play for it. Like, I played like for Burnley, QP. I'm made up do to have played for you think if you clubs? didn't help keep City up that year, they wouldn't be where they are now and probably wouldn't have got you the You don't investment. think about it like that. If I hadn't got sent off, Sydney wouldn't have won the league because they wouldn't have my stoppage time yeah, for getting me off the park. Uh, so I, as a Man United fan, you, you all think that, that was a conspiracy theory. You couldn't be any further from the truth. I've read he meant to do it. It was all, I'm like, and the shakes got to What was the, the, the tip off about? What do you mean? What was the tip off about? You take a tip off and you fuck the ball straight back to City. That wasn't me. 
What's yeah, but, but why, why were QPR trying to... I don't think they... I don't know what went on. I, I, was, I was standing in the tunnel. I'd been sent off. I didn't, we knew we were safe. I knew. Because yeah. I, before everybody else, I didn't know what was going on on the pitch. We were still 2-1 up. And the lads knew they were safe. But that wasn't all of them. There was six, five or six who did and five or six who didn't. And you can see that by Aguero's goal when he wins it. You've got Clint Hill and Sean Derry punching the floor. They, were, they didn't know we were safe. What was Mark Hughes like to work under? Strange. What a player, though. Incredible player, yeah. Incredible player. So disappointing to, to have that experience of him. As a manager? Yeah, yeah. Really Never made your heroes kind of buzz. He wasn't my hero. Well, I respect but as him a player, he'd have to be. 86, 87, when he was probably at his best, I'm only five or six. So Everton, kind of Heisel and all the European uh, calibre players, then all pissed off abroad. I grew up then watching footy then, who was in this country. We we didn't have Sky and what, all these wonderful, exotic channels to watch So what do you mean football. it was disappointing to have the experience with him? He was just strange. Like he wants to keep distance from people, and he's very cold in that way. So, but that was the way he's always been, and it worked for him. He just, he just didn't. It wasn't for me. Um, and again, this is your Stuart Pearce and, and your kind of Mark users. These tough guys, tough guy exterior nutters, and not, not deep down. Like not, not when you know. I've seen people who've got nothing on them. Probably all the same, but you know. The, the, the most dangerous people you've ever been in the company. You can just feel the presence of it. And then these people who were like, I'm an hard case. And like, PSC was a, a senior pro in the dressing room. And people who act dead hard and are fucking trying to say the big hard cases tend, you know, to be when you went some to kind Marseille, of insecurity. Did you take a lot of pride in the fact that no one was really going there and it made you seem cultured? And is that what kind of led to the, like, I'm the intellectual? No. It was, did you take it? You, well, it I, seemed no, from the I outside, sent off. you took a lot of pride in playing in Marseille. Well, I got, I got banished. With a 12-game ban, because they, they, they said they were three separate sending-offs, which was... And I got it with the Cantona ban, and bear in mind, Eric had jumped in. The, so the only ban bigger than mine is Cantona's nine months for jumping in and crazy kicking the guy at Celia's Park. I only got that... You know, Mark Hughes was trying to get me to go on loan, I think, to Chef Weather at the time, didn't want to go. And then at the last minute, this Marseille loan option came on the board because QPR wanted to trade a player with Marseille. So I was like... They're in the Europa League, you know... QPR, we'd stayed up the, by the skin of our teeth in that famous Man City game. The manager hated me, wanted me gone. I was still had three years left on my deal. I'm in this weird limbo, like, what's going to go on here? I could be in purgatory for a while, and as a footballer, you want to you wanna play. You know, no matter what they say, and you get a big pay pack, and it can soften the blow and not playing. And after a period, if you've got... You're not getting in a manager's plans in three months. You just sit on your pay packet and you usually, if the manager doesn't get it right, you'll see him off if you've got a decent contract. So, you know, don't make any misjudgments of lads who aren't in a start 11 on a Saturday are happy. If you're a proper professional, when the manager names a team, if you're not fucking in it, you're not happy. I'm telling you the top players, that's all I'm saying to you. Now, you get lads who go, do you know what? I'm happy to be part of the squad and they know the role, but I'm talking about... What do you think is doing right now? He's probably enjoying... Uh, not getting slaughtered every week. Paid him 350 grand a week for the last 10 years and he doesn't need to and he's going, goalkeeper position, I think you can have a bit of time. What do you make of Onana as a goalkeeper? I don't think he's very good. Do you think De Gea, of course, is a better goalkeeper than him even at his worst form? Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It makes absolutely yeah. no sense, yeah. that exchange of Well, of well again, labor, this so is what people miss about, and again, you know, talking about women, and I'm not against women in the men's game. I'm not against women's football. I think it's fantastic. It's a great sport, albeit 
there is a there is a bit of an, a, a bit of conjecture around the knee injuries, and I've seen Leah Williamson just coming back from an ACL because women, because of the hip alignment, are more susceptible to ACL injuries. Which, as a footballer, if you get one of them or a couple of them, that can be you know the, the end. What of if you days. signed into an Irish Channel or to eat? And it was Richard Dunn, Damien Duff, and they just necessarily weren't overly entertaining in their take or that historically knowledgeable. Maybe not them. Yeah, loads but, of the men are shite. But what if like, I was in the middle of them, being a fat cunt who's never kicked a ball, and I was offering my two punts on what the fucking Irish game is going through? Would you be tweeting, going, get the fat cunts off the screen, he's never kicked uh, a fucking ball? Uh, yeah, quite possibly, yeah. Who the fuck's he? What's he doing? Yeah. yeah. So if Russell Brand or some character is at the FA Cup final or Noel Gallagher saying, you know, we've been supporting City since we were playing Gillingham. Yeah, well, that's just it. like you get little vox pops of that. So if you popped in and you were famous and you give your little fucking cameo, great, like you know, that's no problem. But if you're standing there saying, you know, be, you know, when when Harry Kane gets in here or when do this, is this not just the subject of YouTube and fucking Mark, whatever his name is, the United fan, ruining punditry that made it trash anyway? That the so, TV channels actually have to compete by making it maximum entertaining, so they just don't so, lose so, viewers. So I've got again, I, I, old I've, school handsome punditry and all that shit's dead. There's no Jimmy Greaves and all that shit. It's gone. Well, again, but but also, is it by design? So when you think about, because I'm going okay they mustn't so if I'm aware of this and you're aware of this and from the feedback I've had lots of other people are aware of this think about VAR okay think about the pundits being boring and making you want to switch off in that space is advertisement space and selling it like America where it goes to let's go to a VAR decision and then here's Gillette raises and more fucking some donut company so I'm looking at it going are they actually trying to make more advertisement space by switching the consumer off to say, listen, is VAR, like VAR, how can we have VAR yeah. in a stadium without, like the rugby league teams in this country aren't anywhere near the turnover of the Premier League football VAR teams. VAR has championship seemed like a TV teams. conspiracy to me. So Absolutely. how can you be at Anfield? And I remember doing uh, talk sport uh, radio for West Brom against Liverpool in the FA Cup and we're at Anfield and there's 50,000 people in the stadium who've paid between probably 15 and 100 quid for the ticket based on where they're sitting. Um, and the game kicks off and we're in the game and they're using VAR for the FA Cup tie and there's incidents littered throughout the game. It ends up finishing 3-3. And they keep going to VAR and nobody, the stadium's just silent, nobody knows. I'm checking my phone to go, oh my God, they're looking at the, an offside here. Nobody knew in the stadium. So the people who've bought a ticket, who've got off their arse, who've spent the money to get to the stadium, park the car, endorse the you know the the, the program seller, the scarf seller, the badge seller, seller, all these people who have who, who's who's uh, livelihood cascades down from attending the live match. And also, let's be fucking honest, the live game is any concert you go to live is better than the fucking CD, no matter how good the CD is. No matter how good the highlight is or how good Sky is, it's nothing better than being in the stadium, feeling that emotion. And that's why football is as big, because it moves people emotionally like no other sport does. No other sport Did in this country. Did you ever try your hand to write the tune? No, I'm shite at that. You've got to know what you're good at. Like I'm I'm, I'm quite good at knowing what I'm all right at and what I'm useless at. You write poetry, though, do you? No, I just read a bit of it. And... But, but have, you ever, have you ever penned one secretly? No, I keep me, I keep a, I keep a diary. No, I'm not. I'm do you not, write I, a journal every day? I, I try as best I can. I'm, uh, Steve Black is always here saying, have you kept your journal? Have you kept your journal? And, and what's the that. prose you'd use? Would you be talking it about? Depends, like... depends where my moods are. And, and because I'm highly, as you see, I've... I used to get down on myself and my kind of mood alterations and that was my problem in football. You know, maybe it's trauma of seeing people die and, and sure. just fucking growing up in an urban working class part of Europe, which is 
you know, no, I, I, we just presumed it was normal. You know, I didn't realise that you couldn't throw bricks at a police car until I was like 14 or 15 because the, they weren't welcome here. What and was jail like, actually? Terrible. Like, what, what, it, was, it was terrible, but also... It was a shameful or was it just boring as fuck? Well, for me, I felt I'd, I'd reached... So at the time, I'm playing in the Premier League and, you know, strove to never go to jail. That was my whole thing, not to do what all the other people who were more You shouldn't be swinging those days when someone's on the deck. That was just a way... It yeah, yeah, time. you're right. Uh, um, there was but, no need but, for that. Yeah, but it, it, for me, it crossed the threshold of, like, when, I'm a, when, when, I, when I flick the light switch, it, there's no, like, oh, this is just going to be two or three. I'm, an, I'm now engaged. But I would have assumed there was a scouse rule that you don't hit a man on the deck. No, no. The, 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 for me, there's, 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 there's not... Once a rule... You follow thing, a guy to the deck. At, that's, at, for the, that's for the act again. Again, look, for, for me at that moment in time, I'd seen people get knocked down to the floor, get up and win fights and cause people serious damage. In, in it was the, like an out of shape guy though and you were an athlete. No, there was just no yeah, threat. It, it, again, three o'clock in the morning and with Jed in hindsight now looking back, I'm like, fucking hell, it was so dangerous. But at the time, 22, 23, 24, in physical shape, I'd been in McDonald's and Liverpool, shouldn't have been in there, pissed, I shouldn't have been in there. Is that the one kind of near I got followed for nine minutes where they're having a fucking pop at me left, right and centre and I tried what to walk away. What were they just away. saying, just football tons? Just, just, they thought, I was with my cousin and their friend and they thought they were two girls we'd picked up and they were calling them slags. What are you doing with them? You footy player slags, you fucking slags. Bet you take it up the arse bomb. All because I'd said, why, they asked me why I didn't sign for Everton and I said, I shouldn't have but I went, well they weren't big enough because Everton released me when I was 14 tell, told me I wasn't big enough and they just kept badgering me and badgering me. They're just trying to, you know, as you do when you see someone who's not yeah. notable, people try to provoke it, especially young lads in McDonald's at 2.30 yeah, in the morning, yeah, yeah. pissed. Yeah. So I end up in this situation self-induced that I shouldn't have been in they're having a pop at me so I eventually get out of there so I'm walking up the middle of church streets and it's fully all on CCTV and, and, and these lads then follow us out and walk behind and I'm walking ahead to try and get a cab I'm you know, probably got 500 metres 800 metres to walk to the junction to get a, to flag a taxi I'm walking ahead and obviously the girls dawdle behind and they're, they're responding to what the lads are saying because they're calling them slags and they're saying, you, you know, you're going to get this done to your neck done to you because they don't know it's my cousin. It was like my sister because her dad was murdered when she was eight. Yeah. So I've always taken them to be like my brother and sister because all our family kind yeah. of closed around because they didn't have a dad to kind of be the dad. Obviously, John Robson, who Noah is, is Noah's dad, came on, on board later so on. So he's abusing the women. So, so he's having a pop at them and it eventually... I'm walking ahead and I turn back around to just check on they're all right after seven or eight minutes of kind of walking, going, come on. And they're going, they're just arguing at this point. And then the last time I turn around, I see the guy boot Nadine across the shins, like kick her. Could this not have been said in, in court? It, it was, and that was all given as mitigation. But obviously once I'd hit him three times, me mitigation and me, and me, me vigilante justice is meant to be switched off. But because... I don't have that switch. Once I've engaged, he's getting um, everything until someone pulls me off him. I'm not going to take the chance. And then that's a bad, dangerous mindset. And I'm lucky I never caused him. Take the chance on what, though? Of him getting off the floor and doing something about but it. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't be doing that. Like, yeah, and, and also there's a threshold. I'll take, there's a, once I crossed and I've crossed into it's that space. That's all an insecurity. That is just insecurity, that is. You know, there were six, five, six of them. So there's five or six of these and three of us. So three of us and two girls and six lads. So this is one lad. So three people got clipped. The one I battered on the floor was the eldest of them. He never came to 
he never he never came forward. He was a builder off a working a working uh, man who worked on a building site. Somebody who I knew growing up was his boss, and he's like, "Listen, I was fucking out of order. I've kicked that girl, and he's fucking lost his head and filled me in, and I deserved it. Okay. I was pissed." The problem, I got, the ones I went to call for, there was two young lads with him, and I'd gone, "Well, we're going to fucking stab you," and so I've chinned him. Flattened him, and it turns out he was sixteen. And I've chinned his oh, mate, shit. and it turns out his mate is sixteen. But I only hit both of them once and knocked them both out. But they were only sixteen. Now I didn't know because it was two thirty in the morning, Liverpool City yeah. Centre, and the fella I'd filled in, who you see me on the CCTV, yeah, punching on the floor. He's twenty six. He never went to court. The two I went to jail for. I punched once, and my brother hit. My brother hit one and put him on the ground. Andrew and. Um, I hit the other, so I hit one and he never went down and my brother hit him and he went down with the second punch after he, he was saying he was going to stab me or my brother and then I hit the other one and he stumbled back. The fella who, 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 who the, the, the volley of punches were at, I threw about 30 punches and I reckon I hit him about six times, luckily, because I, I could have done him some serious damage and I'm not a fighter, I'm not, I'm not a fighter, I, I will fight, I, I've got fight or flight, I will fight if, if, if provoked and, and I'm okay, like I can look after myself but I'm, I'm not a tough man. I'm only 5'10". I'm only 12 and a half stone. I'm, I don't go looking for fights. I also, if you come looking for a fight with me, w there's a part of me that, yeah. what the fuck's your problem? Why are you, you trying to cause stuff? Do you value violence as a form of proving your self-worth, even still? I, I don't. I, don't. It, it, I, I just use social um, markers. To, like, violence is, is all around us. Like if, this is what people are, are missing with. Passive people who are quite easygoing and... and, and civil get overrun by a small minority of people who, who use uh, power for nefarious purposes as we're seeing with the world around us at this moment in time and that's beyond any country any border any race any religion any sexuality there's a what we've what we've learned about humanity is it doesn't take a large group of people it takes a small amount of people to corrupt and, and cause a large amount of people to do crazy things, as, as evidenced by what the Nazis did. Things. What jobs would you like your kids to have as kids who were going to be raised as a dad who had money? <laughs> yeah, it sounds peculiar, you saying a dad who had money. Um, that is the yeah, truth, it's though. True, yeah, it's true. And, and I, Are I, they going to be privately educated, your kids? Uh, no, I, I don't believe in that. I don't think that's the route map to it. Are they going to go to school with the kids from Hoyton? No, because also... You know, you, you, you try and give your kids a safe, you know, a safe place to develop and, and be themselves. But also, there's a, there's a, I think there's a healthy amount of friction in anybody's life that shapes them. I think if we try and put people in cotton wool and protect them, as all parents want to do. But are your do, kids not so far away from what your childhood Yeah, absolutely. Is? And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. Like, there's times when, when it frustrates you where you go, how come you haven't got that little bit of dig or a little bit of devilment there? But then you go, do you know what? Like, you know what you don't want like i want them to have my good qualities without my negative qualities and yeah. you go through your life trying to give your kids all your skills without your flaws um so what do you want them to be in, in good people i don't care as long as they're good people um and the trustworthy people who, who contribute positively that'll do for me well joey uh, before we end it sometimes the listeners like to hear all time 11s you've played but we'll just do it even though i think it remarkably lowers the standard of conversation <laughs> yeah. we've engaged in for three hours You'd have to go for uh, Shea Given. No, Peter Schmeichel. Oh, you hit you hit Schmeichel at City, yeah. Do you Shea's do a good lad, like I like Shea. Best right back I've played with. I mean, some people will use one game they've played in, so you could I could use the England lads. Cause no, I played, fuck uh, that. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I'm talking about lads I played with. There was two really good right backs I played with 
um, at Newcastle, Stevie Carr, Irish yeah. I didn't probably see the best. Wasn't as good Tottenham. Was he was, having, yeah, he was having army issues, but you, you could see he was a cracking player, like real good shape for a, for a fullback and love getting forward and, and, and putting the ball in. And Habib Bay, who was a Marseille legend, yeah. uh, a captain of Marseille, who was phenomenal for us and a real uh, bright spark in that team that got relegated Newcastle. So Schmeichel Carr. I'd said I'd, I'd say Habib Bay based on the body of work at Newcastle. But then I could I got Hatem Trebelsi, who was an Ajax player, um, a Tunisian international at City, who I reckon if it had got him at Ajax would have been the best because he was he was a good player, um, right back. Yeah. What about centre halves? Centre halves, um, big Richie. Do you, do you know who I write? Ben Me. Ben Me is a cracker. Really is underrated. A lot better player than people give him credit yeah. for. Fantastic defender and trains like that every day, like. Some defenders just have this art of getting the one Four in the bollocks ago, on the line. I used to say to fellow United fans, you know what, I nearly take Ben Mee. And they used to go fucking mental. And then we're with an aged Johnny Evans, who should be a podcaster now, and Harry Maguire. Yeah, no, look, Richie Dunn, I think. Richie goes under the radar. Richie Dunn um, was was a good centre-half at City. Sylvan Distan was a great centre-half at City. Distan probably has to be in there. I love Colaccini, because he had such a baptism of fire. His first year, he got his arse handed to him, and he was an RG international, AC Milan, yeah. Illuminati. He stayed on for the championship. The championship allowed him to kind of recalibrate and get grow a bit of confidence playing against players he was much better than and then he showed his quality did then you back use on that the, as well that stage. championship dropped down Kevin Nolan yeah because I was coming off the back of two foot breaks and, and, and being told look at 24-25 you might if this doesn't take like this is the end of your career yeah so if, you, if your bones and your feet don't knit as a football your bollocks like do you think the style of injury you get is a clumsiness do you think like Messi and Ronaldo avoid injury because they have a different kind of IQ no, in I, ways? Do quite, you think when you, you think of my physicality no, no broken bones in, in, in my body why was it always the foot though you and Rooney uh, and these kind of players I, I got always me, foot? My, Sam, Sam Allardyce when I went was, was all data and science and when I signed for Newcastle I'd, I'd obviously been fitting a selection for Man City for a whole host of seasons I go to Newcastle and they're like we can make it better and they put me on all these gadgets and machines and before the knew it they've got me in these special orthotics and I was saying to Sam and Sam all the while it feels like I've got stiletto this is not comfortable this is not right no stick with it this is this expert in podiatry and he's going to sort you out and this will make it even more effective and efficient and as as a 24 year old who's trying to chase down Lampard Gerrard Carrick my uh, Jenis, you know Barry all these lads who you know Scott Parker who were in this kind of England midfield uh, conversation you you're looking for any 1% marginal gain in, in diet, Parker, sleep, nutrition. Parker, what a player he turned out to be in the end. Good player, Scotty. Yeah, I love playing against him. But though, he like... really saved it, didn't he? Because he had that Charlton kind of, he's going to be the big dick, went to Chelsea, and then he won that Football Riders at West Ham. What a freak he turned out to be, and a good manager. Yeah, he was doing a good job. Um, but he's then took uh, that job, I shouldn't take that job. Yeah, Anderlecht is this, or Bournemouth? Bruges. Bruges, did he yeah. take? Oh, yeah, a video company was Anderlecht, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, at, again, he... Uh, I thought he did well. I thought he did well, but he fit like it, it, you know the personality from playing against them. You should have played for West Ham at some stage. That <laughs> I was close. I was romantic. close. Yeah, I was close. The Upton Park era West Ham. Well, oh. You know the fans. The fans revolted to get me not to sign for them. That I'd signed under Billich, like pretty much done my medical. Was nearly there. It was just dotting the eyes, crossing the T's. What was the problem with the fans? From from what I gather, and I, I, you never ever know in football. From from what I gather, there was a, there was a couple of players there who played in my position who were. Irons and you'll be able to deduce Mark that. Noble and and obviously would have realised that the game time would have suffered because of 
There's something beautiful club. about West Ham as a football club. That that old stadium when Carlos Tevez saved yeah, from relegation. Oh, just no. the location with the block of flats and the blown bubbles tune. I just mean from a genuine. Well, they tried to sign me that time under Egget Magnuson before I went to Newcastle. But I'd, I'd always that's the era I'm talking about. I'd love Newcastle. Like I'd always wanted to, like West Ham and London. I never, I never ever fancied London. I didn't think it was for me. The Cockney North South divide. Fucking flash Cockney bastards. Yeah. Newcastle. Working class city, mining community, dock community. Um, I'd been up there, Noah's dad, John, is from South Shields, although he's a Liverpool fan. So I'd been on stadium tours as a kid, watch Keegan's great entertainers, Aspria, you know, Ferdinand and Rob Lee, Ginola, and, and bought those kits or got those kits for Christmas or birthdays to emulate your Andy Coles and obviously Andy Cole. as, as a young Evertonian. Andy Cole and Trevor Sinclair embracing you after you had to apologise to the City Squad after your yeah, brother's tough, yeah, murder yeah. is a really interesting story. Well, I was always close to Cole. Yeah, everyone Beautiful tells me, man. Yeah, everyone tell, told me before I met him he was difficult. and So I, I was lucky in terms of I was a young kid at Man City and my first roommate was the lad who was a year above me who really inspired me to become a player was Sean Wright Phillips because I seen him getting the first team and he was five foot two and... Great, and we were all we were all apprentices together, and it was like if he can do it, I can do it. Although different position, different skill set. So when I when I got in the first team, me and Wrighty were the two young boys, so we roomed together. So we were thick as thieves, completely different personalities, and we've roomed together numerous times over the years. And obviously, Bradley's a year younger than me, who's his younger brother. Sean's a year older than me, so I sit in between both of them. So when we were Whitey's at Platt Lane, you know, and we're living in the, we're living in the middle of Moss Side, we didn't see. Like the kind of divide, we were all on the same team and we'd scrap, fucking kill each other Monday to Friday. But Saturday when we played, we'd fight against anybody for our team. Do you wish you could have played MLS because you would have made? No, of, no, you, I, I can't play you, you that. You can't get into the states, can you? I can get into the states, yeah. Or have you been there? In the uh, last I went to my mate Stag do. Uh, I think it must have been seven years. Any ago. problems? No, straight in. But then my problems. I done a visa Esther or whatever, and then I had to go back the following summer for Newcastle. But I need because we were having a period out there. I needed a work visa, so they said you need to go to the embassy. So I went to the embassy, and they went, "Why did you go in? You need to have a visa." I'm like, "I thought you could," and they're like, "No, you need to be five years clear of trouble. You were in jail three years ago. You can't go." So then I was like, "Use a carpet bomb in the Middle East, you fucking Vietnam!" <laughs> like, and I've had a fight in Liverpool City Centre and barred from the country. I'm like, Fuck you! Don't want to come to your country. I'll go around the rest of the world, which is really civilized, which which understands that there's another world outside. America's of America. great fun though, and I love America. I've done New York, done yeah, Vegas. It's sensational fun. The problem with America is there's there's too many Americans. Like there is some good Americans. I've got some great American friends, but some Americans are like. Really detached from reality, and and um, who so we're on Colacini? Colacini. So uh, it's tough between Richie Dunn because if, it depends what era. If it was playing out from the back period, I'd have to go Colo. But if it was the early part of my career where you had to be physical, I'd have to go Dunny because uh, he could play. So uh, who's what's the centre back duo? I'd have to go. In terms of people I played with for length of time, left centre half, I like a left footer, so I'd have to go Sylvan Distan. He was my captain yeah, at Man City. With used Dunn. to fucking batter me every day, every because I used to when he'd be doing sit ups on the mat, I'd go in and try and grapple him. And obviously, you know, he's six foot four. So and, we're done. Uh, I'd, I'd, based on my time save with them, I say it'd be close between Dunny and Colacini because it depends what rule set. If it's VAR and um, the current rule set, I'd have to go Colacini because right, he's a bit back. cuter. Left back. Left back. Um, oh, God. Uh, 
I, I played with Stuart Pierce towards the back end, and his best days were behind him. You know, I had a half a season with him there. So I can't really... If I looked at him in the early part who of his career... Who was the Marseille left-back? It sounds like he might have to go there Marseille left-back was uh, Jeremy Morel, who was a great guy, very underrated player, tough guy. He came from Lorient and was a little squat French guy, no nonsense. Wouldn't want to mess with Jeremy. Did he have caps? No. He's probably in. just short of getting a full cap, like, but he must have been close, but six, seven out of ten every week. Like never let you down, tough little bastard. Like tough little, like you didn't say anything. You, you just don't have a left back. You might, you might like, Jose Enrique for the spell yeah. was really good at Newcastle. Jose Enrique was really good at Newcastle. Um, what do you make a Czech Teote? What an underrated. Czech was really good, yeah, really good Czech. No yeah. one ever talked about. Really. Well, I, I ended up playing on the right and Nobby and Czech with the central midfield axis, and we had a, like a little bit of a diamond in there, and it just. It just worked. Like we all just we all just complimented each other on the left hand side. Then you had Gutierrez, who was a maverick. So you had me a right midfield, who was a bit more of a workhorse and and kind of played in. Good cross and shit though. You're... Well, Andy Carroll makes a shit cross a good cross, by the way, because he's such an, an athletic freaking in terms of and brave, by the way, as well. Why didn't he crack on to kind of like score at Euros? Don't put fucking crosses in, you know. Liverpool don't. But play even after one. that, what, was he was it just an attitude thing? People or? forget, like some people, if you've got a big body, like you just can't do the the reps that some lads can do. Like Jermaine Jenner's fantastic player, probably on his day better than me. But over my career, I have a better career with more minutes because I'm more robust. I wasn't athletically as fragile as he was. And like Kieran Dyer, the same. But when you look at the body of work in terms of like how many games played, how many from the start, how many times were you, were you completing 90 minutes? Um, you know, trophies won and all that. I know people garner that on. And sometimes, you know, that, that is a good market yeah, of someone's you, success. You, you but also sometimes you can be a shit player in. The over-celebration of the Burnley trophy was due to the fact that you didn't have a real one. Well, no, when you think about the Burnley Trophy, um, I won the league at Newcastle with the record or one of the highest points totals, which we should have done because we had a talented group. It was just I won the league at, at Burnley, which which felt more because I played a lot more and, and that was a really tight-knit group and um, we came on the rails and beat two good sides I'd in Brighton. I'd say you would love the League Cup, an accidental League Cup at one of the mid. Yeah, it would have been nice, but also, look, I won. I, I played in the Premier League and it wasn't good enough to play at the top of the Premier League and play in the title winning and European Cup chasing teams. But I was good enough to play in the middle to bottom part of the Prem. Whenever I dropped out, I had three seasons outside the top flight in England and I won the championship twice, QPR and Newcastle, and uh, sorry, Newcastle and Burnley. And I won the playoff in the other one with Bobby Zamora's goal for the third. Oh. So I've got a hundred percent strike rate of getting promoted out of any. So whenever I was in the champ, I was far too good for it. Who do you think had a better career in hindsight? You were Danny Drinkwater, based on the fact that he won the league. That's oh, a good question. Like, like, no, no one's going to remember either of us. Like, <laughs> who gives a fuck? You know, yeah. like, well, you know, we're not Franz Beckenbauer. No one's going to remember. Even if I, no one's going to remember. Lots of really important people at this moment in time. Fucking fantastic! I wish people would be aware of that and realise all the shit we have doing to finish now, the eleven just because if we start, all now, the shit people are doing now is just not important. Check Tiote. It's Check weak. Tiote. It's a weak side. I'm, I'm, I'm going off the way they wear as men as well, like lads. They wear like who Czech, are the wingers here? Uh, Check Tiote. Um, Surely there has to be a city guy from back in the day who was happy. Sean Wright Phillips. Phillips has yeah, right is right midfield for me, Shawnee. Right is definitely right midfield because there was a time at City he was Cole unplayable. In. Can't yeah. put Coley in as much as I love Coley. I played with him when he was 34, 35, 36. And what is Sean Goder? Sean Goder. I love the, the Goats. One of, like Growing up, he was brilliant with us as well. Like, unconventional and orthodox. You couldn't put him in it. Not when there's Nicholas and Elkin about. 
Yeah, and I played and with Oberfemi yeah, Martins, and, and Mark Viduca. Yeah, and El- um, we'll go and I played with Michael Viduca. Owen at a different stage. We'll go and um, El- I played Viduca. with Andre Gignac and Loric Remy in France. I played with Matthew Valbuena and Andre Ayew. You know, it, it's tough. And, and sometimes, you know, I'll sit and an hour later, I'll go, fucking hell, how did they say he was better than him? And look, I'm, I'm, I played for Man City for nine years as a young kid who never thought he had a chance. I was released by Everton at 14. I was picked up at Everton at eight and released at 14. Broke my world, broke my heart. Picked myself back up and made, I don't know how I made it, but I got over the line at City at 20. I then went to Newcastle at 24. I played at Newcastle till I was 28. Then I went to QPR for a year. Then I went to Marseille for a year. Then I went to QPR to come back. Then I went to Burnley. Then I went to Rangers. Then I went back to Burnley. I'm a jammy bastard. Like and, I, I play for some great football clubs. And, and before we finish, do you want Trump to be the next president? I don't care. I don't, do you I, not I, I know? Don't care. What's it got to do with me? I'm English. I'm, I'm, I I'm know, not... but it has a massive impact on the world. And for example, let's say Elon well, Musk didn't take over X, as you'd call it. Like, you wouldn't have the ability to do what you're doing now. Yeah, so it look, does impact your life. Yeah, absolutely. American foreign policy has impacted yeah. my whole life when it's been back to the first yeah. Gulf So, so, so would, would Trump be your choice? And also the Trump peace agreements in the Middle East with, with um, uh, Yasser Arafat. And, and you could Clinton. even look at the troubles. You could look at the Good Friday agreement. Would you like Trump to be the next president if he had a choice? Look, I don't know what the alternatives are at this moment in time in terms of um, would I, if I was an American, patriotic American, based on what I've seen over the last 10 years, um, would I vote for Joe Biden or Donald Trump? I would um, definitely, definitely not vote for Joe Biden. And your favourite ever UK Prime Minister since you've been around? I'll be honest, and I know this is going to be controversial, I'd have to say Tony Blair. Like, I know in the, end, the war though, criminal and all the, the stuff that's put on him, but but look, Britpop and Real Britannia and Cool Britannia or whatever the fuck but it was But was that called, not just all fucking smoke It was and a feel-good time in, in our country. You know, there was a peace agreement in, in Ireland not long after. The world seemed to be settling down, and then obviously the, the World Trade Centres get uh, attacked and, and the world is destabilised massively again and I don't think we've ever recovered from that you know 90 first Gulf War Balkan conflict obviously troubles and then Yugoslavia breaking up and uh, it kind of settled down a bit a bit and then after 2001 it was just like wow what's going on here and and we're 2024 now and I'm like surely we know killing people in the name of racial borders or physical borders or religious ideology is just at the end of the day it's for it's forcing the end of life onto other humans well, well which this is, is the just thing it's this question. nihilist approach isn't it it's like like i steve black used to always say to me look none of us so the, the more and more i've gone on in my life i used to think i knew fucking everything i'm really smart and i fucking i'm on a hero's journey and i'm one of the few uh, well have who, you read the hero of a thousand faces joseph campbell no no should I? It's heavily about the hero's journey. Okay, I'll have a little look at that. So, so for me, I'm I'm traveling through life, you know, trying to make Ed in the fist of good, bad, and indifferent, trying to just be the best version of yourself, and, and as I say, getting it right, getting it wrong. More often than not, to be me, get it right. Obviously, there's times I've got it wrong, and 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 you know, you have to accept that and try and get better. Luckily, never damaged anybody to the point where I can't sleep at night or people will visit me. You know, I think people who kill people or cause people irreconcilable damage would really, really carry that weight and forward. And do you feel the most loved you've ever felt in your life? No, I feel aware. Uh, in, in terms of, it depends where... you have four kids, you like, have a wife, your, your grandmother's oh, still yeah, alive. Yeah, 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 you yeah, must yeah. feel love. 
like, yeah, I feel, I feel absolutely um, loved by me, me kids, like unconditional love. And it's what you, it, it's obviously you see in the world what you reciprocate in others. So you have to be open to be loved. And there was times in my life I probably wasn't and I was looking after myself and I reacted that way. And then you have these kids, these children come into your life and it, 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 it was a seismic moment in my life. All of a sudden, there's something that you love unconditionally and, and you can't, it hasn't, it's just there. And it, it all of your life to that point makes no sense. And then you you have a completely different perspective. Did you ever lose the temper as a father? I mean, you get, you know, like a, any parent, your kids not listen to you or, you know, you get frustrated and you raise your voice. What's your number one rule with them though? Don't be uh, Tell me the tongue. truth. So I, I'm, your, I'm your dad. I'm what here if to they're demanding you. though, knowing that you were so little, if they're saying to you, look, I need my wife. I try and give them perspective. I try to say, look, this isn't always the way and this isn't, and look at this and, and try and give them perspective. It's tough. Financially, do you, do you, do you give them everything they, they want and need? Um, no, there's, there's there's rules and regulations. Well, like footsie and boots and all. You want the blue ones. The blue ones Look, are out. We're getting the blue ones. I, I think if you if you got that pair of lottos, they outgrew. You're never getting them again. From yeah, watching the look, fucking. Yeah, I, I appreciate it growing up with scarcity, and I think having a scarcity makes you appreciate things. Obviously, I want to give my kids things that I know they'll enjoy, rather than leave them a, a load of money and a load of investments when I die. So I believe in spending my money on experiences, going on holidays, you know, taking them to football matches, taking them to concerts, taking them to nice restaurants, rather than um, putting them in a big fancy university and a big fancy boarding school or giving them ostentatious cars. I'd say you want the university thing, you, you definitely well, I want them that. to be self-made and, and, and able to self-determine what they want to do in the world with a decent moral compass and not be having to fight for every inch in the world just to survive like I had to. And you know, literally to survive. And, and this is where I think I can be, uh, I can make a positive impact in terms of, you know, what you spoke about. Honestly, you don't realise how much you do and you and me tuning in and we're going to have this conversation. I listened to a few of your podcasts. I don't know why it was Irvin Welsh and I don't know why it was uh, Chris McCure. But they inspired me to go, actually, because I'm like, what do I want out of this? Do I want to fucking make women feel scared of having an opinion on footy? Absolutely not. That's the last thing I want. I think there's lots of great women players out there who've got a good opinion but unfortunately, with the woke agenda, they flooded our TV screens with it, and it's pissed a lot of fucking men off. And it is annoying. Some of them are not competent and don't have the ability to communicate what people are seeing with their eyes. And if you do that and standards drop journalistically, it leads to all the things we don't want to see, which is misogyny and sexism and racism and... and mental health issues for women, for females. And what's the plan with the Common Sense podcast that's dropping next month? Is, is that Do, do you, I have is, some sensible conversations? Is there also the Mike Tyson element of I'm the hooligan turn good as well? Knowing well, that I'm you, the black sheep, aren't I? So I can then, say things that people can't say. And then you're going to become kind of matured on well, I, air. I'm a footballer who can talk about um, yeah. an Ayahuasca experience yeah. or going and taking have DMT. Have you done Ayahuasca? I haven't yet, but I'm definitely intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued. I, I need to do further research and DMT is the one that appeals to me because it's almost like this spirit molecule and you meet, which for me and my ego, I'm like, that could be interesting. But then I'm scared of it because I'm like, that might be some cunt I don't want to meet. That might be the big bad wolf that I've been running from me all so life. So what, what guests are you, look, what kind of guests are you looking at in the show when it's out? People who educate me, people is who it, challenge me, people like you have come with a, a strong opinion, and you've, you, you're clearly well read. And you've but got is it going? Is it going to go into music, literature, football, all of it? Or, Why not? Uh, let's get into light. Let's just weekly get into, episodes. Hopefully, 
I mean, the problem I've got at the minute, everyone's petrified to talk to me because I'm viewed as so toxic and I'm like this fucking Neanderthal and I'm like, really? Like, I, I was... I use words on Twitter provocatively, provocatively, and I use words in life provocatively because I don't attach the emotional response to it because I'm desensitized because of the amount of abuse I have had over a prolonged period. That's being a footballer in a footballer dressing room where if you come in in the wrong garment, you just get the fucking absolute back tore out. Yeah, or you say the wrong thing in an interview, or you get a bit carried away with yourself. Life in many ways is a race to victimhood, isn't it? The justification always comes from who's the well, victim. We and if you make it, someone we? else a victim, you have to become a victim in order to justify how you weren't the victim causer, you are the victim. We, we can all attach victim to ourselves in some... But you know, isn't that someone, it's a weird way the way life works like well, that. Well, as I, I said to you before, the point I wanted to make to you was Blackie, Stevie Black, said, look, he's, he says, um, got two options here pretty much. So he'd read and was knowledgeable and spiritual and... He was the one who turned me from an atheist to an agnostic again. I'd been Roman Catholic, relapsed, become an atheist based on my um, um, reading and, and um, interacting with the world. Then when I met Blackie and Blackie passed away, because of him and Peter Kay's a profound effect on me, um, psychologically and emotionally and spiritually, I became an, an, an agnostic. I'm like, okay, let's let's be open to this. And things have happened since and I've stayed, I've stayed open. He used to say two things. You've got two opportunities, to be pessimistic or optimistic. Life's easier if you decide to be an optimist. You can be pessimistic. This person suppressed me. He's put me down. He's held me back. He's stopped me getting his promotion. He's fucking old. He doesn't like me. Or, as Blackie would go, I don't really give a shit about this person. I'm just going to be a person of action. I'm just going to keep turning up. I'm just going to keep being me. And eventually, you will see me for me. And that's what will... I've been in this industry, high profile, for 20 plus years. Good, bad, and indifferent. I'm not trying to say I'm, I'm the reincarnation. You've ever been approached by the I'm a celebs and all that shit because you're Joey yeah, Barton? Yeah, of course I have, yeah. Of course I have. And obviously not. It's not for me. Yeah. Now, there might be a time in the future where I'm changing. I'm always open to change. It might be in the future, but I just don't see what I would get out of that. Like, what am I going to get out of that? Who can I have deep, meaningful, but What if, let's say, you do start just... common sense and then you're, you're told that, listen, you go and I'm a celeb, we're talking another million listeners. Would you do the six weeks and sell your bollocks? Uh... Like, do principles withstand, or like, what, do you know what I mean? Once what, you enter, at the end of the day, you're entering of, entertainment. What am I saying? Like, so, uh, like. You go in, you kind of tell people your story in a fake jungle, and Anton Deck come in the other time as Newcastle fans and say, Joey, you know, we love you, but you're voted out. So that's shit. Like, yeah, but again, like, is there anything wrong with someone? Like, if, if, for instance, and a lot of footballers I know have been wiped out with these tax avoidance, tax uh, 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 schemes that were government backed and lots of them there's like a huge epidemic there's loads of epidemics in football there's lots of stuff when you look under the wizard's curtain that you don't know now luckily I do I've been in the industry now the stuff that about people's mental health that should be talked about that's players addiction to certain painkillers or sleeping tablets and they're just as long as they play well on a Saturday, and you're talking about a player, and I don't want to name names, who was massively suffering because of an addiction to snus, sleeping tablets, and prescription medication. He then, because he had a year left on his contract, got himself clean, went and got himself flushed out, had a great season, signed a bumper contract, and now looks like he's back on the snus, on the ale, or the, the gamble and sex, or whatever it is, the vice that, that, they, that they plug so into. So it's the modern version of the uh, kind of silencing for of the For every man, Nietzsche famously said, for every man or woman, we're getting into Monty Python sketch territory, yeah? there is a bait for which they cannot refuse. For highly creative, highly talented people, they also have a caveat of being usually highly flawed. 
there's more than one bait. It can be six or seven. If, if you're lucky, you've only got one. Now, you can't have this genius, this talent, this ability to lock yourself away from all your peer, peer group when you're younger, to squiddle away on this statistical chance, which you're more likely to be struck by a meteorite than you are to play Premier League football. Squiddle yourself away and give up all your teenage years when all your mates are going out smoking weed, taking tablets, taking tritties. Do you smoke weed or not? I've had a little go at, after I retired from yeah. football. Um, and I don't mind it for me. It helps me deal with some A few some edibles issues. or just kind of a few drums? I've had a little go with the edibles when when I've, uh, when I've it's come across my path, if I've been to Amsterdam and stuff like that. And I've had a couple of pot coffees and a couple would of you keep some space of, cakes. Would you just keep some of the gaff the odd time and... Do you know, in That's the right environment, I mean, if I was doing Joe Rogan, I was with Elon Musk, or I don't know about with Alex Jones, because he clearly lost his fucking marbles on it, but, you know, in the right environment, he was at Glastonbury, you know, I'm not saying expanding your mind, taking How Ayahuasca good is Glastonbury? Depends, it depends how Why you do, do it, Why do seem to love Glastonbury so much? Is it kind of, is it lawless? That's music, we love music, don't we? Like, we, we love music, and then obviously in the midst of that, you can, it's liberating, you can lose yourself, you're no longer... A person with a name. You're just someone who's enjoying music in a field with a load of... And there's just an incredible energy there. And this is what people forget. At a cellular level, with protons, electrons, and neutrons, like, forget all the quirky shit we tap into it and all this self-grandeur and this importance and all these... We're going to leave this um, pyramid, which some of the great leaders of civilization have done, or we're going to leave, um, you know, a, a, a tomb or a gravestone or a you know, whatever it is, something of stone or a monument or a building with my name on it to, to show how important and how influential I am. And as the Colston guy found out, you can invest in hospitals, be, be a philanthropist in that way because you've made your money in slavery or tobacco. You can invest in schools, but the minute the woke agenda decides... What's your take on Brexit? I, I, I have a problem with Brexit in terms of I didn't bother my ass to vote in, in the referendum. What would you have voted, though? To remain. Why would you not want to be part you know, of the Soviet Union? I'd done question time before when I told the UKIP woman at the time, Louise Bors, who was MP for Knowsley South or something at the time, look, let, let's be honest, you're a protest vote. And the analogy and I a, used... you had a good performance and then did the version well, of the, the bitch analogy, on top. I'm not great, but I'm a, I'm a, working, I'm a, I'm a kid from, from Heighton, a working-class kid. I am not Tennyson, I'm not Shakespeare. I wasn't But you turned straight back, but what you way. did is when, when people You remember are, it, don't you? You yeah. remember my analogy. Oh, I only remember for watching it. And, and you, and you remember that. the Fred West thing, maybe for that, but you remember it. Yeah, but the 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 thing that what what I found with when you said the whole like it's like the four ugly women or whatever. After you said it, you looked like you were panicking. After okay, you said I did, it, you were going because I didn't I, I didn't realize the offense it had because she took it literally as if I was saying she was ugly, which she was. Uh, which which, which by the way, she was. And and her policies and her parties have ugly policies, and she's an ugly party. And she yeah, was. But, let's be honest. She was a bush pick. If you look at Louise Ball, she is one ugly woman. Really ugly. Yes, now, but is that not just kind of furthering? She took what I said. It's not relevant, though. But she took it because she's... Like Winston you know, Churchill was fucking manky. Of course he was, but also, I'm not saying I said it that way. The way I use my analogy, okay? She, Louise, took that analogy because... She is not the prettiest, most yeah, feminine woman. but they're still woman. part of and humanity. And she took offence to it. But if you remember her retort to it, Michael, what she said back to me was, you've just proved the old adage, the yeah, class yeah. response of all footballers' brains are in Which the is class. She responded to misogyny with so, class. So I enjoyed that because I thought, okay, I never meant to offend you at the way you've took it. I've used a poor analogy. It was a poor analogy. I could have used a better one. But also, 
I'm just a footballer talking about political issues. If you if you look at the way I handle the Chilcot Aquarius and all the other topics that came up at question time that night, I handle them and history will prove my position on them exemplary. All right. Even on what I said about UKIP and the and the traction it made in, in them European by-elections. Now, the only thing that people hold on to it, and this is because it's Joey Barton, he's a working-class footballer, he's, what's he doing on question time? And he's a thug and he's... He gets his is, 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 is they latch onto the ugly girls thing? Because that was the clickbait headline before clickbait headline. Even though it was never Joey Barton who was showing up on the sex tape from the 1998 tours. that was. I kind of, never had them. They yeah. weren't me, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not my bag. You know, I've got many illnesses, as I say. They, they aren't some of the ones I had. That's and, the way life works. You know, it? we're going through, well, the, sorry, my best 11. Ray Phillips on the right, check to you. But imagine team. if you had that. Imagine if you had the Bowyer Woodgate, the Lampard Ferdinand tape. It's so strange by society. I've got enough for my own rap sheet. They own, but, but what I find is people only ever have the guts to be abusive with someone they know who can handle well, it. Like and the, the only John way Teddy you can one. handle it though is if you're telling the truth. So again, like the John Teddy one, I played in the game, QPR, Chelsea. So, so do, do, like, no, no, do you think John Teddy's a racist? Well, I played in the game and, and I didn't hear it, all right? But then we all seen the footage afterwards and, and we're not stupid. But it looks like he's denying it in that clip. It well, looks like he's actually saying, I didn't say that and then repeating well, the well, allegation. Well, well, I played in the game, so I was like, I can remember it vividly. Uh, I, again, I didn't hear what got said, but I've seen the aftermath of it. I've seen the tunnels both after yeah. it and, the, and the interactions that took place. So clearly something abnormal happened, all right? Now, if it wasn't picked up by Sky, that Anton didn't know that would have been the end of it. The Sky replay later poured more petrol on, on it. Now, you might say justifiably, Absolutely, because it's wrong. It shouldn't shouldn't have got said. But I'm like, but was it said factually? Again, they haven't proven in a court of law, so we have to be. But careful isn't the story here. that Anton Ferdinand tells the ref? He just called me that, and then Terry denies it, and then Sky picked up the denial. Well, look from from what I gathered, it and, and again, I it wasn't said by me or or to me. So I don't, you'd have to ask them, lads. Why did you drop again? Um, is that the end? You know, you're a Man United fan. What is that worse than what Ryan Giggs done? No. But well, we had Rodri Giggs on too. We've gone through that. Well, again, Absolute if fucking I said insanity. To you, Ryan Giggs or John Terry, who, who are you going for? As a bloke or as a player? Doesn't, both. Both we, really good players. In, in fact, in hard to separate in terms in terms of levels. Uh, immorality, I think Giggs is, Giggs is a scummer. All right, so you go. John Terry marries your sister. I, your daughter. Who, who's marrying your daughter? John Terry, Terry. or Giggs? All right. So I'm with you on that. All right, now. But I that's think, not the question. I, that's no, not no, 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 I'm saying to you. So you're you're a Ryan Giggs man. I'm, I'm saying. I'm not what, a Ryan Giggs man. I, I, in terms of Man United fan, Man yeah, United yeah, fan. What a player. And you must have celebrated Ryan Giggs' oh, goal you'd in the semi final. Yeah, you'd and, have to say that yourself. Though. Now, what happens with anybody is things happen and, and you change your opinion. Like you might have loved. Some people might have loved Jimmy Savile and Jim will fix it, but obviously history has now Different. changed. You the can't approach. compare it really to people. Elvis, or for instance, Elvis is one. You know, obviously, uh, Manny and Priscilla at that age, and obviously, you love Elvis and love his music. Michael Jackson's another one. You know, there's, there's loads of people who, you know, history comes along, and you, you know, Fred the Weatherman, fucking hell. Yeah, but what I'm yeah. saying John Terry Jude and Jenkins, pro- but John Terry's not Phil Schofield. J- we can be yeah, all day. John Terry's not not in their categories. It's just no. So what, what I'm saying to you is, John Terry is clearly not a racist. Because he's a phenomenal leader for England and Chelsea across all different races, all different nationalities, and he's united. They're all united behind John Terry. All right, John Terry has been involved in a slagger match in the heat of the battle in a West London derby. Brains. From what I gather, and I'm only hearing second hand. I didn't hear this. There's back and forth about shagging and this mum and that, and, and 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 then at the end of it, something said, and it's almost like. 
there's been a sliding scale of escalation and something that shouldn't have been said has been said and it's been captured by this is the problem and it's very it's it's, it's a real grey area unless you were there because John Terry says no I'm saying have you just said I said that because Anton actually didn't hear it and it, I was in the dressing room in the aftermath of it and after the game and for weeks after and all the fucking public discourse Do you enjoy it. when you're not in the trouble and the oh, trouble happening? Oh absolutely I'm yeah, like so, fuck yeah. thank fuck this is not my um, But you kind of enjoy following it when it's not you? No I, 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 I don't like to see anybody in I don't like to see it I, I just hate to see it because I know what it, how I've felt and how it's fucking horrible it's consuming and it pulls you down and it's just wasted energy on nonsense and Let's be honest, it's fucking circumstantial bullshit that no one's going to care about to sell newspapers in the here and now. Like, it's just not important. <laughs> like, really, really isn't. It's like Coronation Street or... Ferdinand started shock some people on Twitter. Well, well again, if... It, <laughs> that was yeah. a nuts ever. Well, yeah, Mick. No, we called Ashley Cole a shock eyes. Oh, he was white yeah, on the yeah, inside yeah, and all. Yeah, yeah. That was insanity. But again, like, again, it's, it's tough and... As, as I say, you know, it, it, it did get a bit touchy out there. And, and, and again, who, 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 like, what's it just, John Terry said a stupid thing. If he has said that or, or not, I don't know, but he said a stupid thing. Does, I, I've met real racists, like, look, I've been in strange ways for a month and I've had a month in Walton. And I've met people who are, they, they will not touch another another person. Well, racist just means stupid, doesn't There's it? There's clearly it's, people in America, and it, you, what the racist means, fucking dumb. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's what I think. Whenever, yeah, so, it's, it's so not when a I stance. think of it's just when I think of the people ignorant. who've caused Anthony Walker to die, I just think fucking dumb, dumb shit. My cousin's still in jail, and I don't. I'm an eye for an eye. Was I the think cousin always a bit of a mad bastard. There was yeah. just crazy shit yeah. going on in, in not, the in not, the jail. No, he was. He was. Don't forget, his brothers, his two brothers, have killed other people. Other people. Why are they he killed a one of my of, best mates? Why are they a family of murderers? What is the uh, yeah, reason for that? Uh, uh, they just deal with violence, with violence. But who was who was beating who in the in the in the, in the childhood? In terms of uh, who, who? What's the relation? My mum's sisters, kids, kids. And was the mom's sister marry a crazy bastard? No, not he was like a truck driver. Like no, but I, I I don't know the ins and outs of their background. These kids were just rough and ready, as most kids were. Now. When I look back at it now, like people tell you stories about what happened, like, and you go, "My God!" And then, obviously, my best mate growing up, one of my cousins stabbed uh, Paul Taylor's brother, um, stabbed him through the heart. So he, it was like my best mate growing up. So he killed a white guy who was over. They'd had a fight, and he'd come back with a knife and stabbed him. Like because it was white on white, and it was after the anti-war thing. It was never, never, never publicised. And then what about Tiger? He was just the wrong person in the wrong part. But did he kill a guy? No, he was at at uh, where uh, there was three guys and three guys, and they were off duty police officers. And one guy got punched in the neck, and two of them went to jail for manslaughter for it. And Andy says, "Look, I never, I never had a fight with that guy. I was fighting with his mate over here." But he was the best man at your but wedding. He He's your genuine best mate. Him and my brother Andrew. I mean, I'm like I'm lucky. I'm, my brothers, Andrew, was one of my best mates. We've always been close, and it might be the circumstances that happen with obviously other family members where you go, who can I trust here in the world? And um, you, you know, for me, I was when when the shit hit the fan. My kind of rock that's got me through it to survive is is being my close family unit and, and my wife and my kids and obviously me me extended family outside of that because you couldn't have made it through the fucking turmoil on your own with you know copus mentis. I think I am. People would argue I'm not, but I think I'm relatively copus mentis. And 
you know, looking at it going, all right, listen, let's let's like uh, let's just make the best of the future. We can't change the past. Like we can go back and say, well, if this didn't happen to me when I was 13 and he didn't fucking hit me over the head, we can be here all day. What we can do is affect the future for the positive. And I can say, look, I have fucked up loads of Did you of feel a responsibility to get to a certain level of kind of financial freedom and also notoriety yeah, to, yeah. to actually es- no, 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 no. dramatically escape that and give that entire unit? Like, I, is your grandmother extremely proud of the fact that you not only played for England, but also can kind of help everyone out? Like, no, she, she she's nearly proud of deserve- everybody. Like, she, she, so my, my grandmother worked for jobs and she'll phone me now and go, I've just had to pull my bracelet there. I can't afford to turn the heating on. And I'm like, why don't you fucking phone me? I tell you, she doesn't want to ask me for any money. Why don't you just put in an envelope and just put it in the front door? Because people phone up and pretend to be from fucking Nigeria and scams. And she's got to pay all her bills online. So every, with old vulnerable people, especially when they get older and and people phone the house, because these people still answer the phone and they sell stuff. And we have to constantly make sure that bank accounts are okay. Because there's been a few times she's logged on to something on the computer and all of a sudden she's uh, getting scammed and fo- like, and you're like, what's going on? Or she's paying extortionate amounts for a, a gas and lecky bill because they've defaulted into a contract because, you know, people who are on the ball as they get older are not quite on the ball and that's where your kids and their kids look after you. And if you're in a great family, the nuclear family, you're, when you piss the bed and you get dementia or for us footballers, when the CTE kicks in at some point later in life or the, you know, as Jeremy Vine pointed out, the, the brain injuries, it's the people that you've looked after who will look after you. So I believe in this world, you reap what you sow. So if you do a lot of bad in this world, bad will find you at, at the appropriate time. If you do a lot of good in this world, I think good will find you at the appropriate time. You know when you hear all the African stories, you're like, Drogba goes back and he pays for the whole village. Is that kind of the case when you come from <laughs> kind of such little financial power do you give loads of people money or have done throughout your career i've always tried to help people and obviously you know you haven't i'm not you know capable of helping everybody i've tried to help people and and either you know give them financial benefit or 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 give them you know would you ever swing up a car on a a brother's birthday when you were making the 80 round at newcastle i always wanted to be able to buy like because my grandmother saved me in, in many ways and give me love and protection when I really, really needed it and kept me off the path of chaos. Um, I always wanted to give her because I've seen how hard she'd worked for their kids and their kids didn't quite become who, who, who they could have become. And I've seen how hard she worked then for the kids and their grandkids and, and how um, disciplined and principled she was. I always wanted to give her house and she didn't have to worry now the problem what i've realized later on in life is she's just a worrier she's a mother hen so even as i say today she she wouldn't phone you up she'd wait until it got to like the absolute last moment to phone you because she's just so proud she doesn't want she didn't want any man to provide for her where she grew up in an era where the man came in through the pay packet on the side and went on the aisle and she went out and went i'm not happy with that so she went and got extra jobs so she could have a nice telly and get a car. And my granddad hated it because he'd come from this conservative. The man provides and the man goes to the ale house after the job and watches the footy Friday, Saturday, Sunday and goes to bed and comes in pissed and expects his dinner on the table every night. And she was like, I ain't having this off you. So my wife is and her mum, her mum's a matriarch. So my little girl, Peter, I've only got one and three boys. I'm like, I don't get a I don't get a chance in our house, and I'm I, I'm all for women and empowered women because I'm a a product of a matriarch protecting their flock, not a patriarch, 
the patriarchs in our family weren't the dominant and weren't the influential figures who, who helped us to 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 become who we became and to see her pride when I achieve <clears throat> what he achieved but also for me to see her pride that she'd had a council house that she'd chipped away at and she obviously had the right to buy so it wasn't a massive investment for me to be able to say that's your house now you've rented it for 33 years <laughs> it's now yours and she's you know that's and she's not moved she's got a Norma next door who's been there six years less than her she's got all the mates in the road and all the family come into her and she's safe there she, she's a billionaire in terms of that she doesn't need anymore and if I get that from where I came from and the turbulence I've had, I'm okay with that. I don't need a fucking Bentley every fucking six weeks and I don't need a diamond watch and I don't need to be at X party and be on TV show. I've achieved all of my dreams. I wanted to play in the Premier League and I wanted to play for England. I've done it. I wanted to manage. I've done it. Um, would I want to do it again? At a higher possibly level, possibly in, though. Possibly in yeah. the future, but like, I can do it. I can. If I change me... Now, I'm, I've burnt the boat here, so... I'm going to be toxic for as long as it takes for people to realise, oh my God, this, this fucking knobhead. I'm just trying to say, look, can we, not, can we not have a serious conversation about this? And if I've got to annoy you to get you to the table to have a serious conversation, then I'm prepared to do it. Right, Joe, let's finish the 11 here, just just so it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's Viduka and Elka up top, Viduka right, Viduka and Elka up front, uh, righty on the right, I'd have to go uh, check Tioti in the middle of the park with... I'm going to go Kev Nolan because he was a yeah, phenomenal yeah. captain and he yeah. got loads of goals Gets for onions. us. Like 12 goals from midfield the season. Um, and then on the left-hand side... Did you play with Duffer? Uh, Hatton Banafa was yeah. talented. I could have gone Duffer. I could have gone... I didn't get a, as good a version of Duffer. He was struggling with his Amis the seasons he was with us. Um, I could have gone Jonas Gutierrez. He was he was, he was was really good for the season. Charles and Zogba had a little spell... Um, but I would have to Ben Arthur in terms of only play with him for a season like Mavericks did you play with Terrapt Terrapt yeah how does a character like you deal with someone who's not trying I struggle with Tarps because he'd obviously spat at the laundry lady and that before when I got there Dee was a lovely woman so I struggle with why did he spit at the laundry lady he's different custom different customs Islamic I don't know you'd have to ask him no but is he was he Muslim I think so. He's from Morocco, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think he was, yeah. And and obviously, men are made by God, and women are made for men. And in 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 was it over something as simple as below. clothing? It, it did. There's a big difference in class structure. But was it over a clothing mishap? He'd gone to get a load of towels, and he'd asked her where the towel was, and Dee's a bit of a cockney, happy-go-lucky woman, and she'd worked the QPR for years, and she says it's in the, it's there, Adele. And instead of taking one off the top, he pulled it from the middle, and obviously she'd folded them all yeah. and collapsed, and she didn't care that he was the star player and. Gives him a dressing round and he didn't like it. But in a kind of back at her. He didn't he, he said he'd just spat on the floor. Her husband came in and wanted to beat the living shit out of him, and the players and the manager at the time had to stop it. But it was hard to stop it and say, because if someone spat at my wife, and I'm a working man, and I think, what well, she she does your laundry every day and puts your kit in its finger and you're spitting at her when you've knocked all their wash. I would be furious. And and her sons and the, and her husband weren't happy. Now Luckily for Adele, he was one of the big players at the club and was insulated from that, but he, he learned a valuable lesson. Adele today is, is markedly different from the young lad who was in our dressing room. And I think if you sat down with Adele and go, was Joey hard on you? He'll say, yeah, absolutely. What do you make of the Saudi thing, just real quick? I struggle with it. Do you think it fucks off or do you think it becomes something? Well, the problem is, where do you draw the line? Because you look at the last World Cup in Qatar, you look at the Russian World Cup before that, you look at the the, the, the sports washing and, and, and the influence right across all sports. Um, 
you know, Dave Brailsford and Team Sky were the bastion of cycling. Team Ineos is set up. There's a big problem with the blood bank and all the stuff around the Team Sky doctor. And Dave and uh, Ratcliffe pop up at Man United and Nice and everything's okay. And Newcastle are bought by uh, the Saudis and you've got the, the chairman. I think the Athletic article last week was... Um, we don't, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, long, the Athletic article last week was about what the chairman. Um, what time is it? It's nearly 8 o'clock, 10 to 8. Is it? Yeah, shit. Right, um, yeah, now we're done. Oh good. No, yeah, yeah, um, so yeah, literally, literally right. end it now. Um, good mates, listen. Yeah, Joey Barton, thanks for no doing the Michael we'll Anthony show, chat. and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Really good enjoyed man. it, mate. Thank Cheers, you. Mate. Good, good to meet yeah. you. Hopefully, we'll we'll chat again in the in the future. Yeah, no, I didn't. I did not know that went over Korean. It's been how many years, my boy? You still don't know my tears of joy. No need to go, just take it slow. And have you heard the Michael Anthony show? Makes me feel just fine. What's it? Makes me see the light. What about those tears? Tears, believe my eyes. How's it make you feel? Makes me 